It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And we welcome you to another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell with you. The coach, Rick Marone, will be with us a little bit later on tonight. He's out doing some scouting. His Lady Rebels have a big home game uh, next Thursday night. They now know who they'll be playing in the Class AA Region 4 state qualifying game. So, uh, Coach Marone, I talked to him earlier. He'll be back in, uh, in, in a little bit. But Bill Cornwell in with us tonight. And... Bill, girls in the postseason, yeah. boys getting ready to start uh, some postseason games. Actually, I don't know if there were any right now. I'll have to check, double check here. But the window for boys postseason actually opened today. Yeah. They, uh, I, in fact, I just got back from the uh, Region 4 Section 2 Girls Championship. Huntington, a convincing win over the home team, Spring Valley. And uh, the Highlanders, it uh, looks like they've really recovered from their one loss of the season and, and had a, a big win tonight, 91-64 over the Timberwolves. Well, you mentioned the one loss. When last we spoke a week ago, Huntington's boys and girls were both undefeated heading into the MSAC Night of Champions and just hours apart in back-to-back games, they both lost. Huntington's yeah. girls losing to South Charleston on a buzzer beater. That's right, the Black Eagles getting another buzzer-beating win to beat a previously unbeaten opponent. Same way that they beat Morgantown at the Charleston Civic Center a little more than a week ago, and then Huntington's boys losing the Capitol. Big night for the Kanawha Valley uh, last week in that MSCC Night of Champions as the uh, the Highlanders teams go down to uh, Kanawha Valley teams, and uh, this shows the strength of that league and, and AAA basketball in the I-64 corridor uh, between Cabell County and Kanawha County. Definitely some good basketball through that region. The uh, the boys, uh, you know, Morgantown was still cruising along, and uh, the Mohegans were the, uh, the the last the last of the Mohegans, I guess you could say, yeah. the, the last of the unbeatens on the boys' side of things as well. So, um, just uh, yeah, this is what we play for, Bill. This is what everything comes down to at this point in the season. Uh, girls sectional finals mostly the last couple of days and, and tomorrow some as well. Uh, those teams all move on regardless. Yeah. But for boys, uh, you're, you're talking about an elimination round before you get into the um, the championship rounds of the sectional. As tournament. you mentioned, some of that begin tonight. You'll have a lot of uh, the games on Monday. I know that you'll, in some sectionals in AAA, you'll have some like four or five games on Monday. So uh, the boys' action really gets going. Hard to believe two weeks from now we're going to be talking about semifinals in the girls' tournament in Charleston. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. As a matter of fact, this time next week, we'll be telling you the matchups for the girls' state tournament. That's hard to believe. Yeah, hopefully they'll have things seated and bracketed and ready to go. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. But you know what? We need, we need to tell you who's going to be there. And we'll do that with our first scoreboard update of the night. I'll handle the girls' sectional games. Then I'll turn it over to Bill for the boys' games tonight. Here's your first check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores that look no more, visit BasketballNight.com. In sectional tournament clay, play class single A, it was Fayetteville defeating Greenbrier West by a score of 70-34. to 34. Fayetteville will play tomorrow in the championship game. So that was a sectional semi. Greenbrier West season is done. Class A, Region 4, 
Section 1, it was Gilmer County defeating Williamstown in an upset. Sort of. 64-57. I say sort of because Gilmer County now 21-2. Williamstown 20-4. Two really good teams, though. Both will advance to regional play. Also in Class A, looking for this score, Greater Beckley Christian and Van in the Region 3 Section 1 tournament and also in the Region 3 Section 2 tournament, Midland Trail and Richwood. We're waiting on that one tonight as well. Moving on to Class AA in Girls Region 1 Section 1, it was Fairmont Senior defeating North Marion 76-49. Kind of surprised at how big the Polar Bears got the win. That means the Polar Bears will play host to a regional game next Thursday night. North Marion will hit the road. And who they will play still remains to be seen because Ritchie County and Roan County playing in the other Region 1 sectional don't have a score on that one. Also in Class AA, moving on to Region 4, Section 1, Sissonville goes to 21-2 with a 51-21. They're actually leading Polka. That game went final. I'll have to get a final score for that here in just a moment. Sissonville defeats Polka tonight in girls basketball and did so handily. The Indians will host Wayne in the regional next week. Polka will travel to Tulsa where they will take on Coach Rick Marone's ball club. He'll be with us in just a moment. Lincoln beats Grafton tonight 59-34 in the AA Region 2 Section 2 tournament. And they will be hosting a regional next week. Grafton will be on the road. Class AAA, Parkersburg South in Region 1 Section 1 beats Parkersburg 78-52. The Patriots will play host to a regional game next week. The Big Reds will be on the road. Region 4. We have both sides, both sections, finals here. St. Albans defeats Winfield 54-41. Huntington defeats Spring Valley 91-64. So next week, it will be Winfield at Huntington, Spring Valley at St. Albans in state tournament qualifiers. And finally tonight in Class AAA, Greenbrier East defeats Princeton 50-42. The Spartans will be at home next week. Well, on the boys' side, let's start off with our sectional play-in game, and this is in Class AA, Section 3, Region 1, a game between Summers County's Bobcats and the Liberty Raleigh Raiders. And after three, well, this is a partial score. Liberty Raleigh leads uh, Summers County by a score of 36-32. Really, uh, not a lot of finals among the boys tonight so far. Uh, the finals that we do have, Madonna loses to Magnolia by a score of 76-38. to And the only other final we have right now is University of 68-55 winner over Lewis County. Uh, we have a few partial scores in the third. Chapmanville beating Hoover 38-31. It is Wheeling Park 46-37 leader over the Brook Bruins. Grafton is trailing Robert C. Bird 41-20. Logan uh, is behind Woodrow Wilson 38-20. And it's Ripley after 3, 45-36 leader over their arch rivals, the Ravenswood Red Devils. The battle for the hatchet, that's your basketballnight.com scoreboard update as always you can visit basketballnight.com follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup and uh, get all the scores from across the state of west virginia and coach rick marone with us now and coach your team uh getting a a day or so to celebrate a sectional (laughs) championship 
even if you did cut the nets down from the bottom up, <laughs> kind of sheared it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, your team will now you know who you'll be playing next Thursday night at Rebel Arena, a, a state playing game, and uh, a lot of excitement about how well that team has been playing, especially here toward the latter portion of the season. I know it's a young team, and theoretically, you want them to grow. They have. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun run. Uh, like I said, uh, we've got a lot of young kids, and it's been up and down uh, during the year. We, we played a really difficult schedule, and I think a lot of times people look at records, and it's hard even with the young team. You got to make them understand that you're trying to improve. Uh, we played a couple of good games, two really good teams with Chapmanville and Wayne, and uh, hopefully next week us and Wayne both from Region Four Section Two can uh, can get it done. But uh, we're happy to be playing next week. Rick, a lot of good players and double-A girls basketball, but your freshman, Dina Geralds, is saying, hey, look at me. <laughs> she's having a great run right now. Yeah, she's a she's a special player. I think one of the best things, Bill, she makes everyone else better. Uh, she's got a good uh, group of girls that she's with. They've worked together. They've come up together. Uh, and they'll do whatever it takes. Whoever needs to score the ball, they pass the ball well. And uh, Dina's had a tremendous year, uh, in my opinion, again, biased. Uh, she's one of the top players in the state, uh, I feel. And Ryan's seen her a couple of times. I think she's a special talent, and uh, we're excited that she's on our team. And she's playing well at the right time. Exactly. And she's, the way she moves around the floor, she just kind of glides. It, 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 she, she just moves a little bit differently than the rest. And what impressed me, though, uh, was while she did a lot of the scoring, she's also good defensively, but it was your interior defense last night. Wayne is a, a team that basically kind of bruises people up in the paint. That's the way they play. And um, Latasha Nichols, Sarah Jude, uh, Marley Markham gave you some good minutes inside as well. They more than held their own. They contested every single shot in the paint. Yeah, that was a focus because Wayne really had uh, had hurt us and other opponents inside. And uh, they're very physical. They're athletic. One of the most athletic teams. And uh, you know uh, they were shorthanded. I mean, I, you know, without Haley McComas in there at the point, uh, she's uh, I think battling mono and trying to get her back for next week. Uh, it kind of threw some things out of kilter for them. But inside, I felt like that. You know, we really was able to compete, and that's all we asked our girls to do is compete. They did that, and uh, we made some plays. We got down early. I think it was seven to nothing, and uh, the girls really didn't panic. So, well, hopefully, we can keep it going. We've got a big game next week. Polka. We had two knockdowns with them. They're a very good team. Coach Sayers, a friend of mine, does a great job. So, we're excited about it, and uh, we'll be playing at home. Well, Polka is another one of those teams, coach, that might be better than their record indicates. They've lost a lot of close games to some good teams. Played a tough schedule as well. And they have a few wins that kind of stand out. They beat a Clay County team that, that you beat, and they beat them soundly as well. And they have a win over Bridgeport, who was uh, one of uh, uh, just a few teams to, to have a, a really high caliber play in the thick of the Big Ten race. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Polka, you go to Clay and win by 13 uh, in a sectional game. We've been there, and that's uh, it's almost like a cage match. So they're not going to be intimidated coming to Rebel Arena or anywhere else. So it's going to be a great game, and uh, I'm really excited for all of girls basketball. I think all divisions, uh, there's some great players and great teams. It's down to 16 in each division, and we're happy to be one of them. And, and Bill, three teams in Wayne County. All three playing in regional games next week. And even though Spring Valley was a, a sectional uh, runner-up this year with the right. loss to Huntington, who might be as good as well, – they are as good as anyone. They might be the best. They might not be. We'll see how that plays out. But, um, I mean, with Tulsa hosting Wayne on the road – Spring Valley on the road. All three, though, with opportunities to play for the state tournament. That's big for the county. In Spring Valley's case, uh, they're going to be playing St. Albans for the third time in about three weeks. So, uh, Bo Miller and his uh, 
team should know uh, Scott James Club really well by now because they lost him in the regular season at St. Albans, or actually at Spring Valley. Then they lost him in the MSAC United Champions last weekend. So uh, there shouldn't be no problems with scouting. Uh, these two teams know each other very well. It should be a, a really interesting uh, uh, regional fi- final next week and uh, uh, certainly St. Albans is really hungry to get to the state tournament. You know, Spring Valley, they've had opportunities and have gone to the state tournament a few times, including last year. But uh, that'll be a big game for the Red Dragons program there because they kind of are in the shadows of a lot of uh, maybe uh, higher profile teams in the Valley, Kanawha Valley. And uh, so that, that'll be a big opportunity. But certainly uh, Spring Valley will be well prepared for that game at St. Albans. As for Huntington, uh, again, they just absolutely are rolling right now. And they certainly uh, recovered well from the uh, lost in the MSAC Night of Champions last week uh, with two strong performances this week in the sectional. And they'll be taking on a, a Winfield team that uh, Lonnie Lucas says uh, has given his club fits at times. Uh, but uh, the only question is, can they hang with Huntington athletically? Because there's just so many players uh, wearing that uh, green and gold for Huntington. Tell you what, uh, Ryan and Bill, I'd like to get your take too. But Ryan, first, uh, you know, Huntington, I know the boys and girls teams both took a loss. Can that be a good thing in the long run? I mean, can it refocus the team? Their boys never win the MSAC. <laughs> they, they've lost in the last the last two years. Huntington's boys have lost in the South Charleston Community Center on the MSAC Night of Champions. It worked out well for them. Yeah. That's the thing. South Charleston and GW and Capital, you know, they've got all these MSAC championships, but it hasn't always translated into championships at the Charleston Civic Center. So they, they you kind of win the battle, but you don't lose or you don't win the war. I think if you're going to lose that's not necessarily a bad time to do it that's also you know it's sometimes you always want to look for the positive but at the same time I do think you can learn a lot about your team's character and how you bounce back after a loss um, I know, Coach, uh, you had lost twice to Wayne in the regular season. You beat them by 18 last night. Uh, and, again, that was probably about a 10-point game through much of it, and you pulled away with free throws at the end. But uh, that game played out completely different than the first two in that it was much more grinding. Even though we thought the first two were grinders, uh, that one last night, it was hard for anybody to really uh, build any type of momentum and get any kind of rhythm offensively. Yeah, I think, uh, and those MSAT teams are in the same boat. You, familiarity, I mean, you end up seeing teams a lot more now. Teams uh, play within their conference, and then you're in the same section. That happens to us, as it did with Huntington. And then, and then like Spring Valley, he meant you got to turn around and go. I think it's like an NBA best of five. I mean, they got to play St. Albans again Tuesday, which is the biggest game. And so I think you learn a lot. And then if you can make some adjustments and try some different things, it can it can help. Well, you run a play, and the defender beats your <laughs> yeah, beat your and they're calling our plays out, <laughs> right. which happened last night. So you know, teams prepare well, and I tell you, with the advent of the technology too, scouting has taken a big uh, step forward too. Uh, they have a huddle version on online. There's a lot of video exchange that years and years ago wasn't really there, but you can really get more familiar with your opponents. So if you want to give us a call, join in on the program tonight. You can do so at one eight five five three four five four seven zero nine. Again, that number one eight five five three four five four seven zero nine. We've already got a couple of callers in queue. We'll figure out uh, what we want to talk about with them when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Hmm. 
basketball voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com go to our website check it out find out how you can connect with the show a shout out to all our new twitter followers follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup new followers include christina Fox. At KBox underscore Pravado, Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at Luda 304, Coach Wiley at Alex 1967. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9-18 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Bill Cornwell with you live from the studios at Marshall University, but going all throughout the state of West Virginia tonight as we are happy to have you along. We know this is, uh, we've only got three shows left counting this one, so just two more after this. Is that right? No? No, that's wrong. There are three more after this. See, I've already lost count. But uh, <laughs> point being, next week, Coach, will know the uh, the state tournament schedule for girls. Um, so, yeah, there are two more after that because we have the girls' semifinal Friday and boys' semifinal Friday shows as well. And we'll know most of the regional matchups as well for boys next week. So, uh and we're, we're getting right down to it. Yeah, it goes quick. And uh, I think you uh, mentioned earlier, boys, uh, sectional window opens. So a lot of those scores will be piling in uh, tomorrow. We encourage everybody to go to the website. And I tell you, a lot of positive feedback. Let us know, you know, via Twitter or social media or, you know, call the show. But uh, a lot of people really appreciate the uh, website. So Marcus and uh, Fred, I know they put in long hours uh, pumping those scores in and everybody else that helps behind the scenes. So your one-stop shopping for all the playoff action is basketballnight.com. So check it out. Tell you what. Guys, I'm really looking forward to getting the final numbers from the poll this week because I checked it yesterday and it has been getting hot and heavy. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Tim Tebow rule. Homeschoolers possibly uh, be able to play uh, at public schools and also uh, private school students. Uh, if a private school does not offer their sport, the sport they want to play, they can go and play at a public school. So, call the Tim Tebow rule, and uh, it is uh, still up for debate in the West Virginia legislature and you can hone in on it have your say go to our poll this evening and 
Say yes or no. Um, basketballnight.com. Again, it's pretty simple. Support the bill or oppose the bill. Right. You know, uh, yeah, we, we try to keep it simple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> girls basketball last night. It was Wyoming East getting a win over Summers County to win the sectional championship. 55-32 was the final. That came just about uh, two weeks after Summers County had beaten Wyoming East by 21 at Summers County. So the, the Warriors get a measure of revenge there. They get a home game for the postseason. Uh, for the regional round, Angie Bonzini is the head coach of Wyoming East. She joins us now. And, Coach, I know that had to be a, a very satisfying win for your girls last night over Summers County. Absolutely it was. Uh, we played really well, and I was really proud of them. Well, your team uh, really took um, – kind of bounced back from that that loss to Summers County very well in that beating Liberty Raleigh twice. I know that's a team you outmatched, but you handled them as uh, a team of your caliber is expected to. But then to come back and win that game by 23 last night, um, what was the difference in uh, basically just a little bit less than two weeks between the, the prior meeting between your two ball clubs? I think we got we're getting healthier. You know, we've had a lot of injuries this year to some key players, and we're finally getting a little bit healthier. And uh, of course, you know, Misa got hurt a little bit on us last night, one of my guards. And uh, so, hopefully, you know, she'll be back for regional play. Regional play always uh, a lot of fun as well, and uh, getting to host. Uh, I mean. Your team's dangerous no matter where it is, as long as it's still got a chance. But uh, when you've got a home game especially, I know you have to feel really good going into that next Thursday night. I think so. You know, we played Pikeview earlier in the year, and, you know, they have some really good players. But you're right, being able to play at home is a luxury that uh, hopefully we'll be taking advantage, we'll be able to take advantage of. With your ball club, too, you, you, you've challenged your team. You went out of state, played a couple of Kentucky schools that are uh, – Pretty high caliber uh, in Boyd County and East Carter. East Carter has a really um, well thought of uh, point guard, just like you do as well. Um, and we talked about those games earlier. You also beat South Charleston, who by now has beaten Huntington and Morgantown. Uh, you played Morgantown earlier this year as well. I don't think you're going to see anything in the uh, through the remainder of uh, the postseason that you haven't already seen in terms of uh, caliber of opponent. And that was our goal this year, you know, to beef up, beef up our schedule and uh, try to see some games early on that might challenge us and hopefully prepare us, you know, for the uh, state, uh, well, the, just the tournaments in general. Coach, Coach Marone here, congratulations. And uh, uh, I know a lot of people are familiar with uh, Kara Sandy and uh, Gabby Lapartis, but I'll tell you what, you've had some uh, other players. You mentioned Cuisenberry, and uh, I thought you're, uh, you're two freshmen with Emily Saunders and uh, uh, Jasmine. I mean, you, you've got a lot of depth, and I think that that's what's enabled you to maybe navigate through the injuries you've had. But how have those other players getting that experience while you did have injuries going to help you down the stretch? I think, you know, it will be valuable. We have played, been able to play a lot of players this year in key situations. And, you know, hopefully as we continue on in our tournament run that uh, that experience will pay off for us in the long run. You know, Emily's put in a lot of minutes and been very valuable to us in the paint, as Jasmine has been, you know, as an outside shooter, especially when Kara was gone. And uh, hopefully, you know, just being in those situations and being in front of the crowd. The crowd last night was wonderful. Uh, you know, tournament atmosphere it was electric, standing room only. So uh, hopefully, playing in that environment will help us later on. Well, coach, uh, 
You mentioned Pikeview, the, the Lady Panthers losing to Bluefield last night, uh, 54-47 in that sectional final. So Bluefield will host Summers County. Um, Pikeview will travel to your ball club. And you mentioned playing Wyoming East, or playing uh, Pikeview earlier this year on the road and picking up a 30-point win. Um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was before or right about the time uh, that Lepardis got injured, correct? Right, Gabby did not play at all in that game. Okay, so uh, your ball club uh, will, will play Pikeview on Thursday night, an opportunity to go back to Charleston. I know you have to feel like you have maybe a little unfinished business with some teams there because uh, a year ago, I think uh, you guys were perhaps the odds-on favorite. Uh, whether that was fair or not with a young team getting to experience that atmosphere and everything for the first time, is, is you know, uh, I don't want to sound unfair to your ball club because they played excellent competition in Charleston as well. But getting back there, uh, you've got girls that have been there and have done that and an opportunity to go back to Charleston. I'm sure that they feel a little bit more comfortable with that this year. I think so. You know, getting that valuable experience last year, I think it's been wonderful throughout this whole season. You know, uh, in fact, uh, Gabby was talking about that earlier today. You know, some experience will hopefully help us down the line. Uh, and uh, Pikeview, you know, it's going to be a challenge in front of us. We're not looking beyond Pikeview at all. But our goal has always been to get back to Charleston, and hopefully we'll be able to accomplish our goal and be able to play on Saturday this year. Wyoming East girls basketball coach Angie Bonzini. Coach, congratulations on your sectional championship, getting to cut down the nets last night. And we wish you all the best of luck uh, next Thursday night against Pikeview. Thanks very much. All right. We definitely appreciate her taking time out to talk with us tonight. And Coach Marone, she mentioned it. I want to talk about it with you. Uh, I mean, your teams for almost, well, for actually for more than a decade, for almost 15 years, were a regular in the state tournament. It's been a little bit now for your ball club. You've got a bunch of girls that haven't been that far yet. No, and that, that's what Wyoming East was going through last year. And, uh, you know, they were were the favorite going into the tournament. And, and Bill, that's a lot of pressure on a young team. Uh, again, uh, you know, uh, they kind of carried the weight of a whole county. I don't want to yeah. slight West Side, but, I mean, you know, uh, they, they really, uh, I thought, did a great job. And, boy, they've come back more focused this year. I know they've had some injuries, but uh, that's a lot of pressure. And, uh, like I said, it's great pressure to have. You know, we, we were in the same way. We haven't been there in a few years either. But uh, uh, it's exciting. And, Bill, I, I think that experience last year has got to really help you, you, them. You know it, Rick, because. The, the idea of, of unfinished business is big, and you know, obviously coaches use that. When you start practice back in the, in the fall, that we have unfinished business. We have a job that we left undone in Charleston, and our job this year, our task this year, go down there and get it done. So any pressure they may feel, I think, is overshadowed and superseded by, by the idea that we had a bad feeling. We had tears in our eyes as we left that court in Charleston last year, and we don't have that feeling again. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Ryan, you mentioned the schedule. I mean, you talk about beefing your schedule up. I mean, my goodness. I mean, uh, they have done what they need to do. They lost a, a game here there, but I, I think that's going to bode as much as, as the experience as they've been in some battles this year, and it's, it's going to really prepare them. Yeah, and that, again, they had that big win over South Charleston. And again, South Charleston's only the MSAC <laughs> champion and has wins over Huntington Morgantown. and Morgantown, the only team to do that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's uh, definitely a, a team to, that, that has a lot of buzz around it but also seems to have what it takes to back that up as well. Now, how that goes against Pikeview, how that goes if they can beat Pikeview in the state tournament, 
who knows? Because you don't know how you'll handle that atmosphere until you get there. But uh, still, uh, Wyoming East uh, right there in the thick of things in Class AA girls again this year. We're going to step aside right now take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Bill Nestor, voice of the Robert Seabird Eagles. Their boys getting a big win tonight. Playing really good basketball right now. They haven't really played poorly all year anyway. But we'll talk with Bill Nestor when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda 304, Coach Wiley at Alex 1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis 8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac 3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason 989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thief, Tina Lane at Tina Lane 71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, Juan Life, Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.30 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell with you. Rick Marone will be back with us in just a moment, making his way back toward the set right now. Trying to stay off camera. It's okay, Coach. Come on in. Come on in. Yep. Liquid refreshment in hand. Yeah. You know, a, a coach's life involves caffeine. It has to. A, a coach who's on a caffeine-free uh, situation, I don't know how they can survive it. No, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine that uh, on Lent, one of the things he was giving up, he was a coach. He coaches baseball. <laughs> was his uh, pop. And I'm like, nah, you know, you got to kind of second guess that one. We'll talk with Bill Nestor in just a moment. We'll also talk with Scott James, the girls' basketball coach at St. Albans. And But before we do that, it's time for another scoreboard update. 
Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. I'll take care of the girls' scores, and I'll turn it back over to Bill Cornwell for another boys' scores update. Looking at Class Single A, these are all girls' sectional championship or semifinal games. There's one. There were two semifinal games. They were in Class A Region Three, Section Two. Fayetteville beats Greenbrier West tonight, seventy to thirty-four. And the Richwood Lumberjacks, the Lady Jacks, beat Midland Trail tonight, forty to thirty-five. So that sets up a Fayetteville Richwood game tomorrow for the sectional championship. Now these are sectional championship games. In class single A, Gilmer County defeats Williamstown 64-57. Gilmer County 21-2. Williamstown drops to 20-4. A 20-4 team will be playing on the road in the sectional or in the regional round. Also uh, in class double A. In sectional play, Fairmont Senior defeats North Marion 76-49. A big, big win there. 27-point victory for the Polar Bears. Just the fourth loss of the season for the Huskies. Also in double-A, it was Lincoln defeating Grafton 59-34. That was in uh, Region 2, Section 2. Um, so right now we're waiting on a Roan County, Ritchie County score. The winner of the Roan County-Ritchie County game, which is uh, in Region 1, will take on the North Marion Huskies. will host North Marion. The loser of that Roan County-Ritchie County game will travel to Fairmont Senior next week. Also in AA, Sissonville defeats Polka. Uh, still waiting to get a final, but uh, I saw a final earlier. I believe it was 65-27, somewhere in that range. But uh, I'll double-check and get that score exact for you for our next update. But Sissonville did win that basketball game. And Sissonville will host Wayne. Polka will travel to Tulsa next Thursday night. Class single A scored just in in Region 3, Section 1. It was Greater Beckley Christian defeating Van 50-36. So the Crusaders are on to host a regional. Van will be on the road for regional play. Class AAA scores from tonight. Parkersburg South, Region 1, Section 1 champions. They beat Parkersburg 78-52. It was St. Albans winning AAA Region 4, Section 1 with a 54-41 win over Winfield. St. Albans will play host to Spring Valley. They've had two great games already this year. Winfield will travel to Huntington. The Highlanders beat Spring Valley tonight 91-64 in the AAA Region 4, Section 2 tournament. Also in AAA Region 3, Section 2, it was Greenbrier East defeating Princeton 50-42. to Bill Cornwall has the boys' scores. And on the boys' side, we still are a little lacking on some finals, but we'll get into what we need a little bit later. First off, uh, boys' postseason play did begin tonight, and this is in Class AA. Region 3, Section 1, a play-in game between Liberty Raleigh and uh, the Summers County Bobcats, and we only have an end-of-third-quarter score, and that score was 36-32, Liberty Raleigh leading Summers County. As for the finals we have, Madonna falls to the... uh, uh, the Magnolia Blue Eagles by a score of 76 to 38. It was Robert C. Bird, strong win against Grafton, 58 46. University, victorious over Lewis County in Class AAA, 68 55. Winfield Generals beating Oak Hill, 58 39. And in the battle for the it's the axe or the hatchet? The hatchet. It's the, I always get that mixed up. Axe or hatchet. Bow for the hatchet. A sharp object. Yeah, a sharp object. <laughs> Ripley beats Ravenswood. Big rivalry there. 
and the final score was Ripley beating Ravens with 60 to 51. Now here are final or uh, partials we have. End of third, Wheeling Park was leading Brook 46 to 37. Also end of third, Woodrow Wilson was a 38-20 leader over the Logan Wildcats. Now here's some scores that we don't have, so we'll put the word out. Boys scores that we need, and uh, if you were at this game, give us a call. Uh, Pikeview Shady Spring, Pendleton County Petersburg, Buffalo and Valley Fayette, Charleston Catholic and Clarksburg Notre Dame. And uh, we need scores on those games. Uh, we're always looking for those. And again, you can visit basketballnight.com. You can also uh, tweet us at hoops underscore roundup with all the updates of that. Now, we've got a, uh, a long list of callers, so let's just jump right back to the phone lines. WPDX, voice of the Robert T. Burr Flying Eagles, is Bill Nestor. And uh, Bill RCB picking up uh, another nice win tonight as uh, they knock off uh, Grafton by a score of 58-46. And, uh, Bill, good uh, good way for Robert C. Bird to, to close regular season play and get ready for the postseason. Oh, they couldn't ask for a better way to finish off the regular season. They have uh, won three games this week, and they're on a five-game winning streak since losing a heartbreaker to Fairmont Senior. And they've had some pretty tough competition along the way. Uh, a big win last Friday against Crosstown Level Bridgeport. This week, the trifecta, they uh, defeated Liberty on Monday, North Marion Tuesday, and then a very tough Bearcat team here this evening. It's a good wins for them. And, of course, I still remember uh, I actually attended the Tulsa uh, Robert C. Bird boys play uh, state tournament game which was, I guess, four, three years ago. Now, Luke Dyer's freshman year. I remember him running point. He went over 1,000 points uh, for, the, uh, for his career, and he continues to uh, spearhead the, uh, the attack for that program. Well, there's no doubt that the team goes as Luke goes. And uh, what a great young man, a humble young man. He's a McDonald's All-American nominee. Had 28 points this evening. He's been on a long string here of 20-point contest. Uh, he had eight points in the night. Outside of that one, he has been, uh, I think, over 20 points in, I think, nine straight games prior to that. So he's really been the catalyst. And the thing about Luke that's impressive is he looks to pass first before he shoots. And uh, really his assist-to-turnover ratio is uh, really impressive. And he does all the small things, too. He's a very solid defensive player. And he's had several double-doubles this year with rebounds. To give you an idea, uh, the fact that he's not afraid to put the hard hat on, take the lunch pail and go to work on the defensive side, and also uh, doing the job on the glass as well. But, uh, yeah, this team goes as Luke Dyer goes. And, you know, the thing about him, and if you haven't got a chance to see him play, the thing that's impressive about Luke is he can take the basketball, dribble through double teams, triple teams, and the way he maneuvers, if a defensive player is off-balance, or turns their back in the slightest. He takes advantage of it and knows the game so well. His basketball IQ is so high that he finds ways to get to the basket where normal basketball players just can't get there. So he's he's done a lot for this team, no doubt the leader. And uh, during this five-game win streak, he's uh, put up some big numbers along the way. Bill, when we talked last week, you were really uh... – uh, talking, uh, and, and rightfully so, uh, some good stuff about uh, the Grafton Bearcats. Uh, you're kind of surprised at the convincing nature of the win tonight over them by RCB. And do you think Grafton can still be a factor in the upcoming sectional there in uh, in AA uh, Region 2? Well, you know, the score doesn't tell the story, guys. The, the key for the Bearcats 
playing without a Big Ten nominee for Player of the Year, Zach Musgrove, who was, was not in the contest due to sickness. So that team goes as Musgrove goes, and it would be the same as if RCB had to play without Luke Dyer. That's, that's how integral he is to the Bearcats' success, averaging 20 points a game this year, not in the lineup, and they definitely weren't the same team. And so, you know, I, I still sing the praises of, of the Bearcats. Coach Johnson's done an excellent job with them this year. And they're so big, strong, and physical inside. They've got, they've got some shooting on the perimeter. And so they, they definitely weren't the same team that, that RCB might see on Tuesday. Now, I'll tell you what's uh, kind of interesting, the situation for the Bearcats, is they're uh, in the mix tonight playing Burden, and they've got to turn right back around tomorrow night. Wow. And they play the, they play uh, Liberty. Yeah, so it's it's a bang bang thing. And then if they win that game, they come back to Clarksburg and play Robert C. Bird next Tuesday in the opening round of that sectional. So you want to talk about a, a tough few days? The Bearcats playing a lot of hoops and playing without their leader Musgrove. So hopefully for them, he can get uh, healthy and be back in the mix. But they've uh, they've been under fire here as of late. Well, Bill RCB finishes its regular season at 18 and four. Looking forward to postseason play for the Flying Eagles as they're right in the mix again this year, where they have been before. Have not been able to get over that hump. This could be the year. Anybody? Any? I think uh, Polk is probably the favorite, but there are a lot of uh, good basketball teams in Double I think will make for a great postseason Bill Nestor I think you're going to have a front row for a lot of those good games as well we uh, certainly thank you for calling and wish you uh, uh, best of luck for the uh, the Eagles throughout the course of the postseason well thank you so much really appreciate it thank you for having me on have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well all right always appreciate it Bill Nestor voice of the RCB Flying Eagles WPDX staying back with the phone lines Girls basketball action, St. Albans winning its sectional tonight. And I just read a, a statistic, went 30 of 33 from the free throw line. Scott James is the head coach. Coach, when you go 30 of 33 from the free throw line, uh, I, I think I think you'll take that, right? Uh, every time. <laughs> uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we usually shoot a lot of free throws because – uh, we attack the basket off with the passing off the dribble an awful lot. Where a lot of teams will stay out and shoot a lot of perimeter shots, you're not going to shoot a lot of free throws. But uh, when we're attacking the basket, we go to the free throw line quite a bit. Your ball club picking up a win tonight by final score 54-41 over Winfield. And, Coach, you get to celebrate that sectional championship for uh, a little bit and then turn your attention right to Spring Valley, who has become a very familiar opponent in the past few weeks for your ball club. And, you guys won both games over the Lady Wolves, but they've been really good basketball games. Uh, they've been extremely close. Bo Miller does a fantastic job, and, uh, you know, it's always a battle. We went down there and uh, uh, won on the last second shot. We were down by 14 and a half and battled back, uh, and uh, Caitlin Fields hit a shot at you know, it's a buzzer sounded, and we won that ball game. And uh, then we played them in the MSAC last Saturday, third place game. Uh, had a big lead, 19 point lead, and you know, typical Bo Miller team's not going to quit, and they fought back, and we ended up winning by five. So, you know, we're expecting another battle, another war, and uh, our girls better come prepared. Scott, it's it's been um, a while, I think, since your team uh, and St. Albans in general has had a chance to go to the, the tournament and. We kind of talked earlier in the show that uh, great opportunity for St. Albans because a lot of times some of the other schools in the Valley get the spotlight and maybe uh, the Red Dragons don't. Uh, so this is a big one for your program. 
It really is. And, you know, it's been since, I think, 93 or 95. I'm not for sure the last time St. Albans went to the state tournament. Uh, you know, we've got beat the regional finals the last three years, and that's a sore spot with us. Uh, we talk about that periodically, and uh, here we have an opportunity fourth year in a row. So, uh, you know, I feel that if the girls come ready to battle and bring their eight game, we have a great chance to get there. Coach, you've been knocking on that door, as you mentioned now, for the last three years. And I know that that can be frustrating. It can fuel the fire as well. Um, what has your team been missing in those three games? Uh, finishing. Uh, really, truthfully, uh, you know, we had a lead uh, in the fourth quarter on Huntington last year uh, by about seven points with, I think, four or five minutes ago. We got beat by three. Uh, prior to that, we had uh, a lead on uh, Campbell Midland and didn't hold the lead. So, you know, it's something we've been working on is finishing these ball games. And uh, the girls are buying into what we want them to do. And, and you know, I think that if we have that lead late in the ball game, that we have a good chance of hanging on and uh, uh, winning the game. Well, Coach, uh, again, your ball club plays Spring Valley next week. You get them at home. And Coach Scott James of the uh, St. Albans Road Dragons. I didn't, uh, Coach Marone, you got a question for him? I didn't even give you a chance to talk with Coach James. No, just glad uh, to have him Come on. on Congratulations, up, Coach. No, <laughs> good, appreciate you being on the program. Well, uh, you know, thank you, Rick, and I want to congratulate you and your girls on a big win last night, and you know, I want to thank Friday Night Basketball. You're giving a voice to high school basketball that we don't, you know, normally have, and you guys uh, uh, give us that voice, and I, I truly appreciate that. I think it helps the uh, entire game, high school basketball around the state. Coach Scott James of the St. Albans Red Dragons. We always appreciate getting to talk with him. And, uh, they'll, again, they'll play host of Spring Valley coming up this week. And perhaps we get to talk to him again next week when we talk about the uh, AAA regional or uh, AAA state tournament pairings when they are out for next Friday. But right now we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Kenny Sayer, head coach of the Polka Dots. The girls are into the regional round. We'll also talk a little bit later on with Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio. He had the Chapmanville Herbert Hoover boys game. That's all when basketball Friday night in West Virginia rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Ray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. 
BasketballNightRoundup.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone james collier and ryan epling 948 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone bill cornwell with you happy to have you along on this friday february 26th the final friday in february as we get ready for the I don't think we can use the term that's commonly used because it's trademarked. The mayhem of March. <laughs> How's that? But um, uh, right around the corner, and I know uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks look forward to it. It's a process to get there. And because um, we're almost into the, the time of season where, you know, on the boys' side, you start to see – Upsets. We always see upsets in boys' sectionals. I think more so than girls' sectionals, to be honest with you. You see upsets that uh, really shake up the entire idea of who's going to even make the state tournament. Well, I think uh, you alluded to it earlier. Those those first-round sectional games uh, are critical because you don't make the final of the section. You don't advance out. So upsets at that level pretty much end the season. And then when you get to regional play, of course, it's win and move on. But uh, you're exactly right. And just one or two of those upsets. And a lot of times, Ryan, it's familiar foes. I mean, it's teams that maybe record-wise one team has an advantage, but they're familiar with them. And, Bill, you take one team out of an equation, and it yeah. shakes up the whole field. But on the women's side, uh, Cinderella has been wearing the slippers so far this year because uh, (laughs) things have pretty much gone to form at least no major surprises on the girls side one that was that perhaps caught some people who may not have paid close attention through the course of the season off guard was actually a sectional semifinal rick talked about a little bit earlier poker winning at clay county getting to the sectional final tonight the dots lost to systemville 65 25 but poker will be in the regional with a chance to go to state tournament uh, next Thursday night at Rebel Arena against Coach Marone's uh, Lady Rebels of Tulsa. Kenny Sayer is the head coach of the Polka Dots. And uh, Coach Sayer, I said it earlier, and I stand by it, uh, your ball club is probably as good of an 11-11 and 11 ball club in girls basketball at the AA level as you will find anywhere. I appreciate that, buddy. I really do. I tell you, the girls play hard. They really do. And, uh, you know, I, I say we do play a tough schedule. I tell you, when the schedule first came out this year, uh, a lot of parents were like, my gosh, Coach, look who we're playing. <laughs> played North Marion, played Bridgeport. You know, you play Sissonville, you play Clay County, uh, you know, and then you got that Cardinal Conference that is freaking brutal. 
I mean, every every year it seems like it's just tough. But, you know, that's what it's all about, you know, playing that. And like I said, when you get the sectional, like I told the girls, all right, everybody's zero and zero. So that's what it matters about. Well, your club loses tonight at the uh, the reigning state champion, Sissonville, in that sectional oh. championship, 65-25. Um, but I, and I know that you played Sissonville much closer earlier this year. Lost by 13 at home in a game that was closer than that through much of it. Sissonville's really good. If, but I, I just wonder if you. your girls are kind of maybe it's where do they have an issue with where they've played Sissonville so many times and have not had a lot of success against them on the basketball court? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, me and I talked to Maroon about this too. Uh, if you want Sissonville, you better get them earlier in the season. They got all them soccer girls coming off, and then that's uh, you know North Marion got Sissonville after playing two games. And I knew when I watched that game, I was like, that's not Sissonville. And when the first time we played them, I went back and watched the film. I was like, mm, they're missing a couple shots they usually make. And then the second time we played them, my gosh, they was hitting everything. And then the night. If you look at the first quarter, I think uh, uh, the Arthur girl had six. Uh, Brooke Reed had four. Long, I think, had five. Pinger didn't, didn't score in the first quarter. And I think Jones might have six. If you get if you get them other girls scoring, not Jones and Pingerton, they're going to be tough to beat, I'm telling you. I, I personally, I think they're the best team in the state right now. I really do. I've, I've watched Summers County. I've seen Wyoming East. I've seen North Marion. Nothing against them girls, but I'm telling you right now, their defense and the way they're kicking right now, Maroon's seen it tonight. They're <laughs> they're going to be tough to beat. Now, let me tell you. I mean, when they get rolling, you just Maroon's been there. <laughs> Coach, when they get rolling, there's, not, there's nothing you can do. I mean, I, you look down at your assistants and you look back and you're just like, you know, there's nothing you can do. I mean, there's hey. no use even screaming at the refs. Or... <laughs> hey, Coach, thanks for coming on the show. And I'm like you. I like to quote Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And they've punched us several times, oh. too. So I know where you're coming from. And I have to agree with you. Uh, I just think their experience or seasoning, uh, defending champs, I, I, I really am with you that uh, I think that uh, they're the team to beat going into postseason play. Oh, I do too. I mean, my gosh, I call him the three-headed monster with uh, Jones and Pinkerton. Reed don't get a lot of the pub, and let me tell you something: she is the beast inside. You know, if you if you drive, she's there waiting on you. Uh, their defense is just phenomenal. I mean, it's just I think their defense is very underrated. Um, you know, I try to do some kind of little junky stuff there first quarter, but the other girls was hitting, and then and, you know, it just went it just went downhill from there. At halftime, you get in the game, you're down to twenty-three. You tell all right, girls. I try to cut this thing to single digits. We missed a couple little shots there early. We held them scoreless the first four minutes of the second quarter. I mean, you know, second half, and then it just bombarded from there. And just went awful. But like I said, girls didn't give up. And like Maroon was saying, you know, you know, good thing we made it to the sectional championship. Now we got another come down, getting ready to play probably the best freshman in the state. I think personally, with uh, Dina Gerald, she is a freaking. Uh, she is a very, very good player. She is awesome. Awesome. Coach, you have to be really gratified how the, the, your uh, your club really kept at it. In the middle of the season, you're four and eight, and uh, you've lost uh, six in a row. And you're in the midst of Cardinal yeah. Conference play, but man, you guys got it turned around. You know, you, you got into a kind of a of a rut there where you'd win two, lose lose one, but still, I mean, that, that was a lot better than where you were going. Exactly, but like you was talking about earlier in the season, we we had a couple of tough 
tough you know games there with North Marion and Sissonville back to back. So you're playing number two, number fourteen in the state. And uh, I think the game that really, really helped us out, to be honest with you, was the Chapville game. Winning that game in overtime because we lost the Hurricane in overtime. Winning that game in overtime gave a little bit of confidence, and, you know, going forward. And then. Uh, yeah, I was worried about this night going up to Clay County and, and playing them the way we did. And, I mean, they're just, I mean, Clay County is huge. I mean, it was a physical game. Mary does a good job and went up there. I was an emotional, emotional win for us. And then uh, I was worried about this tonight. I was hoping it wasn't going to happen. But like I said, we'll, we'll get back at it. Us and the coaches will go right back at it and see what we can do with Tulsa there Thursday night. And Maroon, my gosh, he's He's got eight girls on the bench. I mean, eight girls on the team, and, and what he's done with that crew is just unbelievable this year. I think, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I think if, if I had coach of the year right now, mine would be Rick Ryan. Be what, he's, what he's done with that crew down there is just great. It's, it's very good. We'll, we'll keep him around on set, too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 he's got a special player, though. That's. You know, he, he can take a little bit of credit. Let me tell you something. He's, <laughs> he's, he's pretty special. I went down and watched that logo. I went down and watched the Logan there last night. My gosh, Whew. see something else. Kenny Sayer, head coach of the Polka Dots, they'll take on the Tulsa Lady Rebels next Thursday night regional game in a state tournament qualifying contest. Coach Sayer, thanks for joining us, and uh, we wish you the best of luck next week as well. Hey, no problem, Coach. I'll see you Thursday, buddy. All right, thanks, Coach. All right, we all always, always appreciate Coach Sarah. I know that sometimes can be that can be so sort of awkward if you're not familiar with the program. You've got Coach Marone who's getting ready to play <laughs> Coach Sayer for a chance to go to the state tournament in less than a week, but the coaching fraternity, you guys mm-hmm. all know each other and you guys all are really working toward the same goal. It's competitive, but it's not in a mean spirit. No, I, he's a really good friend of mine. Matter of fact, uh, we uh, work, we share a lot of scouting stuff. We help each other out, and uh, you know, uh, I really feel good about uh, that. Us and them are playing, and one of us will be going on to Charleston. Obviously, hope that it's us, but uh, he's a great guy and does a great job there at Poca. All right, now we will step aside and take a break. When we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, we'll get you another scoreboard update. We'll also talk with Chris Kidd, WVOW. He had Chapmanville Regionals boys winning over Hoover tonight, a 22-point victory. That's going to catch some people by, uh, that's going to catch some attention. We'll talk about that and much more as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP. LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 
106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.01 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone with you tonight. James Collier on assignment. Not for us, for someone else, so that's okay. Uh, uh, haven't got a chance to talk to him. No, hope he's doing well. I've been following him along on Twitter where he's been uh, at a ball game, and uh, certainly hope he's having a good time there tonight as well. We hope you're having a good time listening to this program or whatever you may be doing tonight if you're just on your way home from a basketball game somewhere across the Mountain State. As always, you can give us a call at one eight five five three four five four seven zero nine. We'll go to Chris Kidd in just a moment. We'll also hear from Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington High girls basketball team, in a moment as well. But it's time for another scoreboard update. Uh, once again, trudge through the girls' sectional scores and turn it over to Bill Cornwell for the boys' scores. Looking for scores? Look for look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Single A, girls, Region 3, Section 2, semifinals. It was Richwood, 40, Midland Trail, 35. It was Fayetteville, 70, Greenbrier West, 34. So that means tomorrow night, it will be Fayetteville and Richwood for the sectional championship. Now, these games were all sectional finals. Single A girls, Region 4, Section 1, Gilmer County defeats Williamstown, 64-57. Also in single A in Region 3, Section 1, it was Greater Beckley Christian defeating Van, 50-36. Again, all these winners will play home games. The losers will travel for regional games next week. Double A, Region 1, Section 1, Fairmont Senior defeats North Marion, 76-49. Also in Region 1 in Class Double A, Section 2, it was Ritchie County defeating Roan County, 34-33. So next Thursday night, Roan County will visit Fairmont Senior, while North Marion will travel to Ellenboro to take on Ritchie County. 
Also moving on, Class AA, Region 2, Section 2, Lincoln defeats Grafton 59-34. In Region 4, Section 1, Sissonville beats Polka 65-25. Polka is at Tulsa. Wayne is at Sissonville next Thursday night. In Class AAA, Parkersburg South beats Parkersburg 78-52 in the Region 1, Section 1 tournament in the uh, championship game of that regional, or sectional I should say. Also finals tonight, St. Albans in Region 4, Section 1 beats Winfield 54-41. In Section 2, Huntington beats Spring Valley 91-64. So Spring Valley plays at St. Albans, Winfield plays at Huntington next week. And AAA in the third quarter in the Region 2 Section 1 championship game. Martinsburg leads Jefferson 47-36. And also a final in Region 3 Section 2 girls basketball. It was Greenbrier East over Princeton 50-42. Over on the boys' side, we begin the postseason tonight. And there was a game played at Wyoming East. It was uh, Region 3, Section 1 in Class AA. And we are still awaiting final. We have an end of third quarter score. A uh, game between Liberty Raleigh and Summers County. And Liberty Raleigh leads Summers County 36-32. So if you're at that game tonight, get it to us. Get us that final. We'd love to bring it to you and uh, pass it along to our listeners and viewers throughout the state and on the inter- international uh, uh, international web, we might say, is the on the internet with our feed tonight. Now, all these are finals in uh, boys basketball regular season play tonight. Madonna falls to Magnolia by a score of 76 to 38. It was Herbert Hoover, a loser to Chapmanville by a score of 58 to 36. Wheeling Park beats rival Brook 66-61. Robert C. Bird knocks off the Grafton Bearcats by a score of 58-46. University, a winner over Lewis County, 68-55. Woodrow Wilson beats Logan, 59-41. Oak Hill falls to Winfield by a score of 58-39. And the big rivalry game in Jackson County, Ripley knocks off Ravenswood, 60-51. And we are again still looking for scores final from that uh, Class AA sectional. Summers County and Liberty Raleigh and also looking for scores from the regular season games between Pikeville and Shady Spring, Petersburg and Pendleton County, Buffalo and Valley Fayette, and Notre Dame and Charleston Catholic. Again, if you have any of those scores, you can call us 1-855-345-4709 or tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. And we will definitely be able to get that on. We'll talk with Lonnie Lucas in just a moment, head coach of the Huntington Girls basketball team. But Chris Kidd, WVOW, has been on hold with us for 20 minutes, so we're going to go to him right now. He had the Chapmanville win over Herbert Hoover in boys' basketball action tonight. And, Chris, I know Chapmanville is in that 2-3 game in the sectional next week, but what a way to go into it with a win over Herbert Hoover, a ball club many think may be a state tournament team. Yeah, tonight actually even took me by surprise with the way that Chattanooga was able to play against this team. Again, they swept Herbert Hoover this season. What's funny is they bookended the season with each other. They played the first game at Hoover uh, right at the start of the season for Chattanooga, and Chattanooga won that one 73-65. And then tonight, uh, Chattanooga was coming in hot. They won 6-7, of seven, now 7-8. Seven of eight. The only loss in that stretch was to Sissonville, where they really had a bad start in the first quarter. And tonight... Herbert Hoover came out. They were getting a lot of backdoor cuts, getting to the rim. And again, they've got a lot of big men, and they've got a lot of really good passing big big men for Chase King out there at the top. And they took a 17-14 to lead after the first quarter. After that, 
Chapmanville's defense was just absolutely locked down on Herbert Hoover's big men. They didn't get any more backdoor cuts, no more easy shots. It was tied at 26 at the half, and Chapmanville outscored them 32-10 to 10 in the second half. Hoover shot 3 of 24 from the field in the last 16 minutes, and two of those field goals came in the last 75 seconds of the game whenever all the reserves were into the ball game. And uh, something that we even talked about before whenever I was on, Ryan, is that uh, this is a very young Chapmanville team, only one senior on the roster, only two juniors on the roster. Most of this getting done by uh, freshmen and sophomores right now. And I think what Brad Knapper's been able to do in his first season with this team, again, got hired a little bit late, didn't get that three-week practice as long as he wanted to with this team, uh, inherited kids that, yeah, he knew, but he, he hadn't coached them. He just coached against them. And to do this with such a young ball club and even some really good players coming up next year, I mean, it's looking like a very bright future for Chapmanville right now. And they're coming into the sectional, I think, as hot as anybody right now. But like you said, they've got a very tough, match, tough matchup with a Tulsa team that they split with in the regular season. But they also knocked them off just last Saturday, 71-57 to 57 at Chapmanville. So uh, this Tigers team right now, uh, you, we talk about hitting your stride at the right time. Well, they've accelerated at the right time. And, uh, you know, I think right now if you're looking at just momentum going into this sectional, Chapmanville definitely has to be the one that's built up the most of it heading into Tuesday night. On Region 4, Section 2, that tournament at Logan High School, you know the field house is, is just like seven minutes or, or seven miles, excuse me, roughly from Chapmanville be a good crowd there from Chapmanville. I know Tulsa's support has, has grown back on the boys' side throughout the course of this season as well. That should be an outstanding atmosphere in the Willie Acres Arena next week. Yeah, and that's what I love about it, too, is that Tulsa's back now, too, after a couple of years where they really struggled. Again, they, they couldn't quite get, at least from my understanding, uh, they, they couldn't get out to some of the players that played in football or some of the better athletes in the school. And, and now they've got that back. And, again, Tulsa, Tulsa's got a lot of good balance. They've got some strong big men with uh, Jordan Johnson, Cody Jude, who can take you inside or outside. And really in that game on Saturday night last week, uh, Johnson got in foul trouble. He lived on the bench in foul trouble in that game. And Tulsa never really got into a rhythm. Uh, you know, Mike Smith got a technical in the game. Uh, they, just, they, were, they were just very disjointed. Chattanooga got up by as much as 22 in that ball game before, you know, both teams just said enough's enough, and they threw in their subs with about five minutes to go. Uh, but even over in Tulsa, Tulsa was able to step on Chapmanville in the second quarter, really pulled away in that ball game, and Chapmanville was just never able to catch up. So this could be a game where whoever makes the biggest run uh, at the right time could end up uh, pulling away in this game. And uh, even in the one four matchup or one four and five matchup. I mean, Wayne and Tulsa or Wayne and Mingo Central have to play tomorrow night. But uh, you know, Scott grabbed the one seat, and if they have to play Wayne, that's the only team that Scott lost to in the section this year. They swept Tulsa, they swept Chapmanville in two really tight ball games. Um, but Scott may have to play the only team that knocked them off. Uh, so I mean, this is still a section that I think can swing anyway. I'm not discount even even Wayne in this conversation because uh, they've shown a lot of flashes this year. Again, you know, Chattanooga beat them both times, but uh, one was about three points, and then the second time Chattanooga played really well in this stretch where they've been uh, taking it to some things, and they were able to get away from Wayne early. But uh, really, Ryan, what's been the story for Chapmanville has been the balance as of late. Uh, a lot of people look at this Tiger team and just think that uh, it's 
it's going to be sophomore Drew Williamson's show every night. And Williamson, he's second in the Cardinal Conference in scoring right now behind Elijah Cuffey from Polka. But in the last several games, again, tonight it was Dylan Smith that led the way for Chattanooga with 19 points, a sophomore. On Tuesday night over a man, it was Hunter Neal, a junior, who scored a career-high 26 points. And then with Tolson and Wayne last week, it was Jordan Witt, the senior on the team, who scored 26 and 23 points in those games. So Chattanooga's getting a lot of production from a lot of different people right now. And Chattanooga's big men have been playing lights out as of late. It's been very impressive to see that three- or four-headed monster of Chapmanville really start to develop down low, and teams can't be on Drew Williamson anymore. And it's making defensive switches and defensive sets very difficult for a lot of these ball clubs, and especially Chapmanville sitting from the outside. It's, it's becoming a nightmare to try and cover them right now, and this is what Brad Knapper wanted when he came back to Chapmanville. Again, he played for Hearts when he was in high school, and Chapmanville and Hearts, you know, they, they combined several years ago, so Chapmanville gets a lot of those Hearts kids, including Williamson and Kyle Browning, the point guard who came from Hearts, and you're starting to see more of that Hearts brand of basketball, uh, the, the up and down, pressing, running gun type of offense, and uh, it's causing a lot of trouble for a lot of teams right now. They really don't seem to know how to attack this ball club or even how to defend them whenever all this is clicking the way it's clicking. Chris Kidd, WVOW, the voice of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers, as they defeat Herbert Hoover by 22 tonight. Uh, Chris, always a pleasure to get to talk to him. We've got to move right along to Lonnie Lucas. He's the head coach of the Huntington High Girls team. 22-1 and after claiming the Girls AAA Region 4 Section Championship tonight, Section 2 title, uh, with a big win over Spring Valley. Coach Lucas, first off, congratulations on another sectional championship. Thank you very much. At ball game tonight, you get 25 points from Deja Congleton and uh, really able to run away from Spring Valley and, and picking up that win by a final tonight of 91-64. Uh, just take me, through, uh, take me through that game tonight with the Lady Wolves. Well, basically it was a you know, typical high guy Spring Valley game, uh, you know, up and down the court. And uh, Spring Valley decided to run with us, and uh, we were just a little bit faster and a little bit quicker. So we were able to get up and down the floor and score the way we wanted to. And, uh, you know, it was good to see Deja come, come out of her slump. She'd been scoring, you know, just 14, 15 points a game, and she sort of broke loose and got over 20 for a change. And uh, we didn't have to rely on Jordan Dawson totally. Uh, so uh, all the starters scored, uh, you know, scored uh, uh, well tonight. And uh, it was a, it was a good, 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 good win for us. Lonnie, a couple of things really worked for you tonight. Uh, I thought your defensive pressure, I mean, you were going full court early and it really worked for you. And also, uh, you get really uh, broke the ice early with uh, hitting some uh, wide-open threes. I mean, the, the opportunities were out there, and your girls took advantage and were nailing threes early and really put uh, Spring Valley behind the eight ball. Well, uh, that's true. We we're not really a good three point shooting team. We we shoot uh, you know sixteen or so of them a game. We shot a little bit more than that tonight. But Spring Valley decided to sort of leave Deja open and just give her the shots. And uh, and early in the first quarter, we knocked down the threes and shot uh, shot. Actually, we shot better than fifty percent from the three point line. And you do that, you better keep on taking it. And you mentioned it, Lonnie. Uh, this actually was kind of a quiet night for Jordan Dawson. She has 11, so she has double figures, but she kind of uh, got out of the way and let the teammates do uh, a lot of the, the heavy lifting, and you got a nice night tonight from uh, Lexi Sheffield, and you even got 14 points off the bench from Mariah Harmon. 
Yeah, Mariah, Mariah is our sixth player, and she comes she comes off the bench, and usually she does well. But uh, tonight was uh, a good night for her in scoring. And about Jordan, she Jordan just you know didn't shoot that many. Uh, you know she's she had quite a few assists, so she's she'll dish it off to people when whenever they get open. And uh, so it was good that we didn't have to rely on her having to have to do it all. And you had a, a good solid performance from. Yeah, you hate to say it, your old warhorse, Erica Budd underneath, but Erica Budd was solid, rebounding, altering shots. She had 12 points, and uh, all these years she's been starting for you. She's really a dependable player. Yeah, she started for you know she started every game for four years, and uh, and she's uh, we haven't played, and she's been you know she's one of those players that you you really don't pay a whole lot of attention to her. Uh, she gets her hands on the ball. On, She'll stick it in the basket. Uh, she's uh, she's probably, she's scored a whole lot more points than most people think she has over the four years, I and mean, she's she's way up over eight hundred some points uh, for the, for her career. And uh, she just stays in there. She doesn't if she doesn't get the shots, that's fine. She'll get it off the board, put it back, and she plays and, and she's smart on playing on the press. She knows when to get back and when to when to creep up, and she just does a. This does a lot of things now that you don't really have to tell her. You know, you just put her out there and let her work. She, you know, she had a good night the other night against Logan, and uh, she got in foul trouble early, but not really foul trouble. She picked up a couple quick ones and we took her out, and then she she came right back and responded with a with a good solid effort. And tonight she was she was ready to play and she was able to stay out of stay out of foul trouble, and and, and she's just. She's just been that steady person for not just this season, for four seasons. She's just been that steady person that stays in there and does all the hard work. Coach, your ball club earning a regional home game next week against Winfield, and uh, we certainly wish you the best of luck in that one as uh, the Huntington Highlanders get trying to get back to Charleston and back to the state tournament. Coach Lonnie Lucas, thanks for taking time out to talk with us tonight. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. All right, once again, a big thank you to Coach Lewis. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll head back into Logan County. We'll talk with Bill Lusk. He's an assistant coach with the Man Hillbillies as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert53, J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424, 24, Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Bonds at Guard Girl 76. 
and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1019 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling and Bill Cornwell with you. Now joined by our special correspondent, Andrew Harrison, as we learn a little bit about this week's standout athlete of the week. Her name is Kaylee Barker, and... Andrew, uh, she's a basketball player at Princeton High School, a senior, but basketball is not her only sport. Yeah, she actually she had offers to, uh, for the next level for basketball, but she's actually a volleyball player. She's a two-sport athlete, and she actually chose to opt to play volleyball at Bluefield College. So she will be going to Bluefield College as a volleyball player, but nonetheless, she's also active in her community and in her church. Uh, Tell me a little bit uh, more about that. Well, her mother, Missy, was telling me the fact that she able to she participates in her church a lot and and the thing is though she has to spread out her time so uh, it, it's got to be managed so perfectly because as a two-sport athlete she really doesn't have as much time as she thought she would so trying to uh, work with kids as well as uh, make sure she's also uh, participating in church activities uh, she spreads herself uh, quite thin uh, to make sure she uh, covers all her areas well time is finite so definitely something that to keep an eye on and uh, right now we're going to um, meet a little bit more learn a little bit more about kaylee barker Kaylee Barker is a versatile senior player for the Princeton Senior High School Tigers. And she is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. She scores and rebounds the basketball for Princeton Senior High. And head coach for the Tigers, Charles Angel, says Barker is a nightmare matchup for opposing teams. She's about five foot nine. If they try to put a slow post player on her, then she can bring him outside. And if they put the smaller guard on her, then she can go down and post him up. So it puts them in a bind. At the beginning of her senior season, Barker became injured, putting her season and career at risk. Coach Angel says she fought and worked her way back to playing and has continued to put up steady numbers this year. She suffered, we thought, a career-ending knee injury this year in about the fourth game of the season, and we thought she was lost for the season. She went to rehab and worked every day, and she was begging me to practice sooner than I thought she should. And she missed about five games. But, you know, she was there, and she was wanting to play so bad she couldn't stand it. Barker learned the game of basketball early in her life. Her mother, Missy, says the game came natural to Kaylee. 
she started playing, you know, second or third grade, where she really got tall really quick in grade school. She towered over the other children, and she was really good at it because she just grabbed all the rebounds. Kaylee Barker is not only a team captain for the Tigers girls basketball and volleyball teams, off the court she is an honors student. A young lady not afraid to take on any challenge. As a leader, she is grounded and does not lack in will or determination. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Harrison. Thank you very much, Andrew, for that. As we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling and Bill Cornwell with you. Rick Marone will be back in with us shortly. And uh, Bill, time management is something that uh, Andrew was talking about there with uh, Kaylee Barker, our Santa Athlete of the Week. And that's something you, uh, you have to learn at an, at an early age. It's not a bad thing to yeah. uh, get used to that because that sticks with you the rest of your life. Exactly. And in fact, you and I both, we in our, between jobs and, and uh, high school basketball this week, we've had to find ways to get proper rest and, and uh, get the job done both uh, on the basketball front and the uh, occupation front. And, and those are things that, uh, you know, we practice just like Kaylee, and it does definitely apply to your professional life. So uh, good to learn those lessons early. And I know the folks listening, and this is, a, this is a true thing for radio. It's like they don't care. They they, they don't care how you're doing. They're here to listen to the, uh, the show. Uh, but we had several game time decisions tonight, and uh, a lot of people fighting through tonight. And uh, it took me about 20 hours of sleep to get um, to get caught up to be able to be here today and i'm happy to be able to do so and someone else i'm happy to have on the program with us right now is bill lusk assistant coach of the man hillbillies boys basketball team man this season um it's coming off of a loss to chapmanville in their last game earlier this week and on the season the hillbillies are 14 and 8 bill lusk joins us now bill first good to have you back on the program yeah, it's good to be back on. Finally, uh, good to uh, you know have some time to you know be back on and not uh, you know just be refreshed. I guess you could say. And uh, oh, what a better time than the night before a sectional tournament game. There you go. The sectional window for boys opening up today. Many teams playing tomorrow, including uh, you were talking about the sectional the man is in. And uh, t- just run me through that schedule real fast for those who are listening at home. Uh, well, it starts uh, starts tomorrow. The Class A uh, section or Class A Region Three Section One, I do believe we are in, and it's uh, uh, Greater Beckley Christian, the five seed. Uh, kind of a down year for the Crusaders. Uh, I think they finished a year four and eighteen. Uh, some uh, defections from that team. Uh, you know, losing uh, three guys to Woodrow Wilson. And but uh, I'll tell you what they play hard and uh, they're going to give the four seed some fits tomorrow night I'm sure and uh, at Sherman I'm sure Sherman's happy to get a to get a home game uh, they're tough at their place you know we went down there and played them earlier in the year come out with a victory and then uh, you know of course we get uh, the six seed tomorrow we get Montcalm and we're the three seed and you know don't uh, you know we've been telling the kids don't let uh, don't let records uh, fool you Montcalm may just win may have just won one ball game on the year but. But, uh, you know, they're going to come in and play with everything they got tomorrow. Well, Bill, I'm just looking through some scores, and just it appears the last week or so you guys haven't had any break. And what I mean by that is you won a game by four, you won another game by four, and you lost a game by three. I mean, your, your games are all right down the wire here in the past uh, week or so. 
Yeah, they've been uh, they've been right down to the wire, and even that Westside game, uh, we trailed by 20 points in the third quarter, and uh, you know we came back, and we cut that lead to four points on uh, two occasions in the fourth quarter, and you know we just uh, I don't know if we used up uh, all our energy to you know cut in that deficit or or you know what it was, maybe it was the atmosphere, but uh, you know we just couldn't get a shot to drop once we got it within four, and we had plenty of chances to you know possibly tie that game or even take the lead, but. Uh, you know, that says something about our kids. You know, they they don't quit, and uh, you know they'll play until the final horn. Uh, Chapmanville game Tuesday night. We were down 13, 14 points in the third quarter, and uh, come back and cut that one to one. And you know we've lost to a, a good Chapmanville team three times this year by a combined 12 points. So we're uh, you know we're right in there, and uh, the teams that we've lost to uh, Chapmanville. Uh, Mount View, who uh, you know, I was looking at their schedule before I came on the air. Uh, they lost six games, six of their fourteen losses by a combined nineteen points. Most of those were in the early part of the season. And uh, you know, we mentioned Westside, uh, Tug Valley, who's one of the best teams in the state in single A, and you know, a Belfry team who, by West Virginia standards, they're a, they're a class double A school. And if they were a West Virginia team, especially in the Southern Coalfields, uh, they would they would give a lot of teams fits because, you know, they got a big guy in Cole Bentley. He's a he's a football prospect, actually. Uh, I know Marshall was looking at him and, you know, some uh, SEC schools, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, I think, uh, are among those SEC teams that are interested in him. And, you know, they've got some shooters on that team. So, you know, they have some matchup problems and uh, they would give uh, anybody in double-A fits. Bill, uh, this is uh, last rodeo for man in class single A. You're one of the few schools uh, moving up a class in the reclassification, and uh, I'm sure uh, this this last hurrah in single A, uh, that's got to be a little bit more incentive uh, driving your guys as you enter this postseason. Oh, yeah, we want to get back to the state tournament, and uh, you know, do that. We have to, uh, you know, we have to have a good showing in the sectional tournament, and that starts tomorrow. And uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to win Saturday. We go, uh, we go to Van on Tuesday night. Uh, it's never easy to play over third place. They've had a great year. They're, you know, they're eighteen and three, uh, probably the school record for wins. And you know, you mentioned it being the you know last hurrah in single way. We, uh, you know, we want to get back there. We haven't been since uh, two thousand twelve and uh, we lost to Charleston Catholic. But you, know, you mentioned one of the few schools. We were actually the only school that moved up. And uh, it, it, it didn't come as a shock to us uh, when they started, uh, when the office uh, staff was telling us the numbers. Uh, we kind of, you know, we prepared for the move to single A, or up from single A to double A. Um, we started looking for a couple of double A schools on our football schedule right away. And, um, you know, when the numbers come out, I, I, the, the shocking part about it was that you had 15 schools that moved down, and, you know, we were the only school that moved up. But, uh, you know, we're. You know, we're not going to gripe about it much. We're just, you know, we're going to move on and, uh, you know, we're going to play with the hand that we were dealt with. And uh, we're going to see see what we can do. And, you know, the people that, you know, uh, are used to Man High School, they know Man High School from, their, from the double-A days. So it's kind of like a return home for us. Well, Bill, a final question for you is about the regional or that section, excuse me, that you're in and just how spread apart it is. Uh, Tug Valley and Naugatuck, West Virginia, and Mingo County, right on the, the Kentucky border, basically. Um, they're in there with uh, Montcalm, 
who is just a little bit outside of Bluefield on the Virginia border. You're in there with Greater Beckley Christian, who is obviously in Beckley, and then the two Boone County schools. They're, the roads aren't made for you guys to travel back and forth too much, are they? Uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we played Montcalm last year, and we didn't have them on the schedule uh, this year. But when, you know, we made the trip over to Montcalm, and uh, you, know, you go down 52, and uh, and you go through North Fork and uh, Bramwell and places, and you're, you know, you're reminded of you know the history and you know the traditions of these areas. But yet at the same time, you're reminded, you know, why you have a Montcalm in your region, and that's because you know southern west virginia has been hit hard with consolidation um i mentioned 2012 last time we went to the state tournament the year before that we were in a sectional with van mate one williamson gilbert and uh birch well and uh, the region happened to be charleston catholic and st joe and the, the schools over in that area buffalo Wahama. well we lost other than us and BAM, we lost four teams out of one section when they consolidated every Mingo County school but Tug Valley to make uh, Mingo Central. And there for one year we played in a three-team section. It was us and BAM and Charleston Catholic. So um, it's, you know, con- consolidation, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of torn between. I mean, mm-hmm. is it good for the community? Is it bad? Uh, you know, you a lot of tradition goes away when you consolidate these schools, and you know it, it, it definitely makes travel difficult. And West Virginia is not a geographically shaped state to um, you know try to align all these regions. I'm I'm glad I'm not in charge of trying to put these teams in the section because I'd imagine it's a headache and. Uh, I'm sure somebody at the SSAC wishes it was an easier job, but uh, you know, uh, wise man once said, "It is what it is." That, that, that's very <laughs> true. Hey, Bill, we always appreciate getting to talk with you. That was the first time we got to talk this year, and uh, hopefully, we can talk again next week. Because, uh, and just for some perspective, real fast before we let you go, uh, Naugatuck, West Virginia, home of Tug Valley High School is 108 miles from Montcalm High School, and they're in the same section. Wow. And by the way, that's 108 miles of two-lane Route 52. That's, it's a little crooked. Yeah, you make some, you make some turns, well, and there we go in a circle, basically. Well, yeah, I'm thinking about next year. When you look at some of the teams that are in uh, some of the different sections and different regions next year, some, you know, the travel I, was, uh, I think, was somebody brought up Region 1, Berkeley Springs, and where did that stick through? No, they, 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 they split them finally. But the, the initial proposal was for Berkeley Springs to be in the same section as Oak Glen. Which was like three hours apart. Panhandle to panhandle. Yeah. So, but but they did change that. Thank goodness. But uh, I guess common sense did went out there and so. And hey, next year your sectionals with like Logan and Chapmanville and Scott. I mean, a lot more uh, a lot more travel friendly for the hillbillies next year. Uh, a little less travel on that part, and uh, I think really that came as a shock to us because in uh, the past years when we've been in Double A, uh, it's been Wyoming East West Side because you know where we're at, we're we're on the Logan County the Logan County Wyoming County border, and uh, you know, we we kind of expected that we would go that route, but uh, you know when it first came out, that was the original plan, and then. Uh, you know, when the second set came out and we saw that we was in with Logan and Chattonville, Lincoln County, Scott, and uh, Mingo Central, it 
it, it, it came as a shock to us. I'm not going to lie about that. It was it was a shock, but you know, like I said, we'll uh, you know we'll play with the hand that we're dealt with next year and go out there and uh, you know compete just like the rest of the teams. And uh, man, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll surprise some folks next year. There you go. That's Bill Lusk, the assistant boys basketball coach at Man High School, the Hillbillies, playing Montcalm in sectional tournament play tomorrow. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll have our standout athlete of the week. We'll also talk with T.G. Griffith, WYAP, and somewhere out there, Bo Anderson's in the bullpen. We'll have him as well when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. School basketball's voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at Hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com go to our website and check it out find out how you can connect with the show a shout out to all our new twitter followers follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup new followers Followers include Christina Fox at KBox underscore Pravado, Traquan Gibson, Lucas Haynes at Luda 304, Coach Wiley at Alex 1967. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.37 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Bill Cornwell with you. We're running behind. We're going to run right into a scoreboard update right now. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. New final score just in in girls' sectional tournament play, AAA Region 3, Section 1. South Charleston defeats George Washington by a score of 48-30. That means that George Washington will play at Greenbrier East to beat Princeton tonight. South Charleston will play host to Princeton. Other scores tonight. We'll just go through winners here real fast for you. Fayetteville, Gilmer County, Greater Beckley Christian, Richwood, all winners in Class A. It will be Fayetteville taking on Richwood in the 
Girls Region 3 Section 2 Championship game tomorrow. Now, these were all sectional championship games in AA. Fairmont Senior, Sissonville, Lincoln, Ritchie County, all winners, and AAA, Parkersburg South, St. Albans, Huntington, Martinsburg, South Charleston, Greenbrier East, all winners tonight. And on the boys' side, we did have a start for the postseason in the state of West Virginia. This was Class AA Region 3, Section 1, played at Wyoming East High School. And Liberty Raleigh gets the win over the Summers County Bobcats by a score of 57-44. Now, these are all regular season game winners we got coming up. Uh, Magnolia, Chapmanville, Wheeling Park, Robert C. Byrd, University, Woodrow Wilson, and Ripley. And guys, we're still uh, looking for three scores. Uh, Pikeview, Shady Spring, Petersburg, Pendleton County, and Clarksburg, Notre Dame, Charleston Catholic. So that is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Visit BasketballNight.com or hoops underscore roundup on Twitter for all the latest information. Princeton falls tonight in girls basketball action to Greenbrier East in the sectional final. As I mentioned earlier, Princeton will be into the regional level though as the uh, Lady Tigers will will hit the road in Region 3 to take on South Charleston um, next week. Joining us on the phone now is our standout athlete of the week, Kaylee Barker. She is a senior at Princeton High School, a captain and a senior leader, averaging a double-double for the Tigerettes, who were 14-5 and going into the postseason. And Kaylee Barker joins us now on the program. Kaylee, congratulations on being this week's Thank you. Standout Athlete of the Week. And I know tonight's game did not go as you would have liked, but nonetheless a tight ball game uh, in that loss to Greenbrier East. And now meaning you have to go on the road for the regional. But tell me about that game tonight real fast. Um, the momentum switched a lot between both teams. And the third quarter, we just couldn't get it back, and it led to the fourth. And then we came back a little bit to stop the lead, but it wasn't enough. You are a standout athlete of the week, and this is a basketball show, but you're going to play volleyball in college at Bluefield College. Uh, tell me about that decision, because from what we were told, you had an option to play either. Yes, I did. Um, I had an offer. Well, I didn't really have an offer, but I was kind of looking at Bluefield State College as well. But I decided to go to Bluefield College because I feel like volleyball is more of my sport, and I feel like I'm more comfortable in that sport to play in the collegiate level. We're looking at a picture right now in the graphic of uh, you blocking a shot against Pikeview. So you can definitely see that you've got some ups, and volleyball is uh, <laughs> that, that works there as well. But uh, how have you been able to, to take volleyball and basketball and mesh them? Because there are a lot of things when it comes to getting the ball at its highest point and blocking shots, getting rebounds, uh, et cetera, that can really uh, it can carry through to both sports. Oh, yeah. Um, at first, when basketball season starts, I always get in foul trouble because I'm always trying to smack the ball instead of just going straight up. So that was a t- big change at the beginning that I had to make. And Coach told me, you can't be playing volleyball out here. <laughs> Uh, just uh, well, a few moments ago, we heard about uh, you and uh, our report about you. And uh, one thing we talked about that you're very active in the community and the church. And uh, uh, your mom, I know, uh, let us know that uh, that you've really worked at it and been able to uh, master, at least at a young age, time management. Talk about that. Um. Yes. Um. 
Um, well, it's kind of hard because I have so much on my mind. I have school. I have I go to church every Sunday, and I have sports. And, and usually I try to go to any open gym that I have. So it's just, it's, it's a long day, and I'm ready to go to bed at night when it's time. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us can uh, attest to this. Time management at a young age is an excellent skill to have because you will carry that throughout the rest of your life. Um, Kaylee, uh, we know uh, now next week you go to South Charleston, an opportunity to go to the state tournament with the Tigerettes. Uh, I know that South Charleston's a, a tough opponent. They're a team that has beaten Huntington and Morgantown this year, but um, still, you get one 32 uh, minute game to try to go to the state tournament, and I know that's got to be exciting. Oh, yeah. You just got to play with all your heart, and you have to go along with your team. And I think we'll become prepared because we had to play them last year as well. So we can kind of know a little bit about them. There you go. Kaylee Barker, our Sound Athlete Week. Once again, congratulations on that. We wish you and the Princeton Tigerettes good luck next week. Thank you. All right. That's Kaylee Barker again. Uh, again, like we said, time management highly important uh you cannot understate that we're going to step aside right now take a break when we come back we'll have tg griffith wyap radio and uh we'll talk clay county sports with him when we come back on basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda 304, Coach Wiley at Alex 1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis 8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac 3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite. Mark Richmond, Mason 989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thief, Tina Lane at Tina Lane 71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, Juan Life, Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.46 on another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We call it the fastest three hours in radio for a reason. We're already two hours and three quarters in. No, that's not true. That's actually an hour and three quarters in. <laughs> I'd lied. But we still got an hour and uh, 15 minutes It just seemed to, to you like two hours. It may, may have. Maybe it wasn't that fast to me. Maybe I'm just trying to make it go along a little bit quicker. But we'll have Amy Chapman. She's the head coach of the Gilmer County uh, Lady Titans. We'll talk with her in just a moment. But first, let's go to T.G. Griffith, W-Y-A-P in Clay County. And uh, T.G., this is a situation we haven't found ourselves in in quite a while. Clay County's girls not yeah. reaching the regional level. Yep, you're right. And I tried to tell them. Uh, and by the way, I, I enjoyed. I listened to the game, uh, your game last night, so I enjoyed it very well. And congratulations to Rick, and uh, and I uh, hope they do well in the coming up tournament. Yeah, we'll miss not getting to play them. And I tried to tell them they looked at focus record and uh, it didn't look too favorable. And I said, well, look at their defense, and they're holding their opponents to 43 points a game. And I said we got to we we cannot turn the ball over, and we've got to make our free throws. Well, we had 16 turnovers, and we we killed the the lady dots on the board, but that they couldn't hit the, a shot in the first. They only scored six points the first quarter um, when we only had ten. Uh, but uh, they heated up in the third quarter, and they started a lot of perimeter shots uh, that I don't think they had very much inside at all. Uh, but uh, I think it was 22 to 20. That's when we had our six points, 22 to 6. A very good defensive team. And uh, we just, uh, we I don't know what, well, turnovers and missed free throws is what, what killed us. And a couple, I think we were six out of uh, 14 or something like that. And a couple of those were one, uh, front end of one and one. So. And the fourth quarter just maintained. So uh, very. I, I assume then they lost tonight. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're aren't we fortunate to have uh, boys and girls both uh, state champions in our uh, sectional? <laughs> yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, we 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 lost three. Se- we only lost three seniors, um, and we got a good. Uh, uh, we got some good juniors coming up that were starters. And uh, we got a couple of freshmen that really helped us out this year, so we're uh, we're anxious for next year to get started. Well, TG, something I think that speaks to the strength of the Clay County program is you lose a player of the caliber of Mackenzie Barker, who is uh, having a good year for Monmouth University, and you go sixteen True. and seven. I mean, that's a mark of a program, yeah. not a team. Uh, yeah, and we've and we've been turning them out for years and years mm-hmm. and years. I uh, just. Um, just growing them in Clay County, uh, ladies basketball, and our boys. Um, one, they're all three of their wins this year came in the last five games. I mentioned with uh, we had three seniors who hadn't played since middle school, and we had uh, or two of them hadn't played since middle school, and we had one who hadn't played uh, competitively at all uh, or uh, varsity ball at all. And uh, they started. If they'd have started last year, then we'd have been a year ahead. And they started playing ball at the end of the year. But it, it just their inexperience. Coach Gibson had to call a lot of timeouts to help them out of situations because there just wasn't any instinct there because they just had no floor experience to to know what to do. Uh, but uh, 
hey, like uh, assistant coach there uh, said a while ago, we'll lace them up and do it again next year. There you go. The Clay County boys, too, by the way, beat Sissonville last night, which I think would, yeah, would, very was good. a very good yeah, win. Very good team. Absolutely. And, and you go back uh, just within the section now, beat Nicholas County. Um, last uh, you know, earlier this week as well, sixty nine, sixty six. Yep, and then uh, but lost uh, to Herbert Hoover on Monday. But that was just a ten point game. Um, right, Clay County is going to be one of those teams that's going to go into boys sectional tournament play with a record that's going to be poor, but they're playing well right now. Right, that's that's the key to it. And we have to go to, back to Nicholas County tomorrow night, and and that'll be that'll be tough over there anyway. So. Uh, uh, looking forward to it, though. Yeah, hey, the trip to Summersville is not too bad twice in four days, right? <laughs> yeah, not not bad at all. No. <laughs> it's a good facility over there, too. Hey, TG, uh, we... And I, I, is Rick there? Yeah, yeah, we just haven't let him talk yet. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, well, I called him last week because I, I was trying to find out if the Clay... I couldn't make it to the, to the Clay Tulsa game of St. Albans and was trying to find out if it was on the radio. So I called him that morning... But then I got a call later, and I had to leave town, and so he called back, but I didn't have any, any way to get a hold of him. So I, I just I, that that's why I called him. I was just trying to find out if I could get the game on something the other night, but it didn't matter because I was out of town anyway. Well, TG, I'll miss him next year if, unless unless we're going to keep that uh, game going between Clay County and uh, Tulsa. Well, well, we'll see. Uh, Coach Ramsey does a great job, TG, and uh, appreciate working with you guys. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll cross paths. Uh, maybe it'll be on the court, or, or if not, we'll see you see you around. Yeah, and it was a good article in the paper about uh, you, you guys that were coaching when uh, the girls' basketball was played in the fall. I remember that very well. And you and Mary, uh, one of t- uh, one of three coaches, I think, that were still coaching, that were coaching when they moved uh, girls' basketball to the winter. Like 20 years later. I'll put a number on that for you, Coach Marone. 20 years, 20 later. years later. There's four of, four of us yeah. left. I think me and Mary are two of them. Uh, I don't know about you, TG. It was a nice article, but uh, I don't know to be reading it. You, you kind of felt like I was aging with every word that I read. So uh, it's been a great time, though. It was really nice to look back. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even realize uh, how it was back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had three girls that played, and they all – they all, all of them started in the in the fall, and uh, then later moved to the winter. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Hey, that happens. It makes you feel older. Every <laughs> <Those things happen. laughs> hey, TG, always a pleasure to talk with you, buddy. And uh, okay, uh, guys. Yep. Take care. Hey, okay. Talk to you next year. All right. That's TG Griffith, WYAP Radio. He says next year. I'll tell you what. The way their boys are playing, we may talk to him yeah, next Friday exactly, night. Exactly. You never much. know. Yep. You never know. Hey, you know who is playing very well, too, and has all year? The Lady Titans of Gilmer County. They win their sectional tonight over Williamstown. Amy Chapman is the head coach of the Titans. And, Coach, your team 21-2 and two and a sectional championship. First off, congratulations on uh, cutting down the nets tonight. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Your ball club, as I mentioned, just two losses on the season. One was to Lincoln, who is a top three or four team in Class AA. You also had a win over Bridgeport earlier this year, who is uh, considered maybe one of the top 12 or 13 AA teams. Uh, your ball club has been consistent throughout the course of the season, and you avenged one of your two losses tonight with a win over Williamstown. Oh, well, that yeah. was, you know, 
I'm sorry. I'm just going to say, take me through that game tonight. What, what did you say? I'm sorry, I, couldn't, I didn't hear awesome. that. Uh, go ahead and take me through that game tonight. 7-point win over a, a Williamstown ball club that has been a, a regular in the state tournament over the past decade or so. Oh, man. You know, Williamstown's a, a phenomenal program. They're, they're coached very well. Their kids are always prepared, and they always have a game plan. Um, you know, coming into this game, we knew that we – had to have a, a you know control the tempo and the speed of the game and you know we the preparation for this game was very intense this week uh, we needed to stop uh, number ten Ashley Morris she does a nice job getting in the paint and penetrating and getting some nice looks inside and being able to and she's so good with the basketball that she can you know kick it out so we really wanted to take that away from Williamstown and. You know, I thought the girls executed very well defensively. We, you know, definitely wanted to sprint back and, and get back and stop the uh, transition uh, layups. And, we, you know, we did a nice job with that tonight. Your region. That was number one key was to stop, to stop the fast break layups. Yeah, and your regional is very strong as well with Huntington St. Joe, who's won uh seven consecutive class a titles on the opposite side in a, in a different section with this win it means you get a home game uh, against the loser tomorrow night st joe charleston catholic game tell me what it's going to be like having a home game in uh, gilmer county with a state tournament berth on the line you know that's just you know some motivation that we we had all year um you know i want to go back to our, our schedule that you mentioned earlier we um, put together a pretty challenging schedule with Bridgeport and Lincoln and some of these, you know, top-notch uh, programs. So it gets us ready for this kind of situation. And you know, it's 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 something that we have played for all year. Is you know to have this opportunity to have this home game in uh, the regional final. Uh, I think it's going to, uh, you know absolutely help us to, as far as getting the Charleston. That's one of our, our main goals all year was to make sure that we won our section, get a home game here at Gilmer County and, you know, go from there. It should be a lot of fun next week. I know that a lot of times when the communities uh, of the small of the Class A schools, specifically the public schools, because those are more community based, get home games uh, for uh, for an opportunity to go to a state. You end up with a, a sold out gym, and uh, you see school pride oh, yeah. kind of come together uh, over the course of that week and beyond. Oh, the atmosphere! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, the atmosphere was amazing tonight, and the you know the community, the crowd, the student body. They were all just amazing tonight. They lifted our kids' spirits. They kept us in it. They were just very supportive. And we, I mean, we really appreciate it. Gilmer County has always had a great following. Well, Gilmer County, the Lady Titans, 21 and 2. And we'll be playing for a berth in the state tournament next week at home. So, uh, Coach Amy Chapman, thank you for taking time out to join us tonight. Congratulations on the sectional championship. We wish you the best of luck next week. All right. Thank you very much. All right, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, it's time for another full scoreboard update. We'll also hear from our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Maybe. He's been on hold for 37 minutes. Someone more important (laughs) may call in between, though. We'll wait and see. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11 o'clock on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Final hour of the program with you till midnight. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Bill Cornwell. Always happy to have you along. If you want to get in touch with the program, you can give us a call at 1-855-345-4709. Again, that's 1-855-345-4709. And let me put it this way. If nobody calls in during our scoreboard, Bo Anderson will be next, (laughs) our resident referee after the scoreboard. So somebody... There's an open window for you to call right there. We'll, put, we'll gladly put Bo on hold a little bit longer uh, to, get, to get you onto the program. So, of course, you can do that. Of course, if you want to ask a question of our resident referee, you have time to send us a text right now, 304-249-4924. Again, that text is 304 249 Four nine two four. You send us a text message, and uh, we will get it to. Uh, we will ask our resident referee Bo Anderson any question that you have rules related on that. You can also tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. Local rates do apply. Yes, <laughs> standard 
text messaging <laughs> rates do definitely apply. do apply. So uh, we don't get any of that money, by the way. But um, for the record, uh, we, we know that you want scores from across the Mountain State. There are some boys' games that have already, or at least one boys' sectional tournament yep. game already in the books. Girls' sectional finals in many instances tonight, some tomorrow. One semifinal, well, actually two semifinals tonight, setting up a matchup for tomorrow. We know that's what you want to hear, so let's rattle off another BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. We'll once again start with girls' play since they are all postseason games. Class A, Region 3, Section 2, Fayetteville beats Greenbrier West 70-34. That was a semifinal game. And the other semifinal, Richwood beats Midland Trail 40-35. So tomorrow night, it will be Fayetteville and Richwood for the Class A, Region 3, Section 2 championship. Also in class single A, this was a regional final, or a sectional final, excuse me, region four, section one. Gilmer County defeats Williamstown 64-57. Gilmer County will host the loser of the St. Joe Charleston Catholic game next week. Williamstown will travel to the winner of said game. That game is tomorrow between St. Joe and Charleston Catholic. Also in Class A, Region 3, Section 1. It was Greater Beckley Christian defeating Van 50-36. Class AA, Region 1, Section 1. Fairmont Senior beats North Berrien 76-49. Also in Region 1, Section 2, Ritchie County beats Roan County 34-33. That sets up North Marion at Ritchie County, Roan County at Fairmont Senior next week. Also Class AA, it was... Sissonville winning the Region 4 Section 1 title, 65-25 over Polka. Sissonville will play host to Wayne Thursday. Polka will travel to Tulsa. Region 2 Section 2 champion is the Lincoln Cougars at 23-1 now on the season with a 59-34 victory over Grafton in Class AAA tonight. Region 1 Section 1 Parkersburg South wins 78-52 over Crosstown rival Parkersburg. Also in AAA, Region 4, Section 1, St. Albans beats Winfield. Region 4, Section 2, Huntington beats Spring Valley. St. Albans getting a 54-41 win over Winfield. Huntington getting a 91-64 win over Spring Valley. So you've got Spring Valley at St. Albans next week. Winfield at Huntington. Also in Class AAA, Region 2, Section 1, Martinsburg 69, Jefferson 53. That game is now final. And in AAA, Region 3, the matchup set for the, the regional as well. But Section 1 champion is South Charleston. They beat George Washington 48-30. Section 2 champion is Greenbrier East, who beat Princeton 50-42. That means next week you've got Princeton at South Charleston, George Washington at Greenbrier East. Bill Cornwell has the boys' scores. And the postseason is underway right now in the boys' side in West Virginia tonight. We had a sectional play-in game. Some people don't like to use that term, but a sectional play-in game that was played at Wyoming East. And this is in the AA, Region 3, Section 1. Liberty Raleigh met uh, Summers County. And the season over for the Summers County Bobcats as they fall to Liberty Raleigh by a score of 57-44. These other finals are in regular season play. It was Madonna losing to Magnolia, 76-38. Herbert Hoover falls to Chapmanville, 58-36. Wheeling Park, a 66-61 winner over rival Brook. 
Robert C. Byrd picks up a 12-point win over Grafton, 58-46. University knocks off Lewis County's Minutemen, 68-55. It was Woodrow Wilson over the Logan Wildcats, 59-41. Winfield knocks off their Putnam County rivals, the Buffalo Bison, 58-31. And the battle for the hatchet. Ripley knocks off Ravenswood, 60-51. So... No close shave with the hatchet tonight for the Ravenswood Red Devils. And uh, we're still missing three scores. Uh, working to get them for you. Pikeville, Shady Spring, Petersburg, Pendleton County, Clarksburg, Notre Dame, Charleston Catholic. And, and just to um, just to um, clarify one thing, too, Winfield, Buffalo, that game was actually added either earlier today or late last night that those two county rivals would play a game tonight. They had a window of opportunity to play, and they took it in boys' basketball. So Winfield getting that win over Buffalo, 58-39. Not a traditional matchup. No. But um, double-A and single-A. Yeah, Tri- well, triple-A triple single right now. now. Yes. Will be double-A single-A next year. Yeah, Winfield goes back to double-A uh, next year after about – Eight years at the Triple A, which level. means then that may open them up to more opportunities to play. As we again want to give out the number, if you want to text the program, if you have a question for our resident referee Bo Anderson, you can get it in right now three zero four two four nine four nine two four. Again, all you have to do is send a text message with the question to three zero four two four nine four nine two four, and we will share that question with our resident referee Bo Anderson. You can also tweet us at hoops underscore roundup if you have a question as well because we want to uh, make sure that, that you get your questions about the officiating and why things are called the way they are, how they should be uh, implemented. Um, you know, we want It's for you, so we want to get your questions on that as well. So right now we're going to go to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, who spent 47 minutes and 30 seconds on hold. That is longer than a college basketball game is in its entirety. But the whistle is blown and the ball is (laughs) up in the air. Yes, we are ready for for our resident referee. Bo, welcome to the program. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Ryan, you have already been ejected tonight. <laughs> because, because the the maybe and then the hopes of someone else calling in between the scoreboard. And, 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 Mr., and Mr. Billy C., you and Rick Barone both got one apiece because you didn't defend. Well, I'll well, tell you, you what. All in trouble, Ryan. I'll say this. He was almost daring people to call to push you back. We have a caller on hold, by the way, who uh, we'll get to West McKinney in just a moment. Hey, Bo. uh, And does that mean I'm gone? Uh, Hey, I've got one. I've got to be very careful what I say here, Bo. But uh, I wanted to throw at you our first uh, issue. And actually, I think it's something that will be of interest to fans. Uh, uh, I don't know that a lot of people are familiar with it. It's probably things that should be in place throughout the year. But the pregame regulation. I guess is the best way to say it. When you get into tournament play, what I found is a lot more stricter about when you can come on the floor, when you can't uh, start your warm-ups. I know there's a window for that. The officials monitor that. I think the game administrators are part of that. But very strict that the tournament uh, situation, no matter where it's being played, teams have a set time before they can come on the floor. You can't do a pregame shoot-around or anything of that nature. Uh, that's correct. Uh, if your game is to start at uh, 7.30, uh, you're not allowed on the floor till 
five after seven. Uh, what they're supposed to do is do the tournament format where you have 20 minutes on and then five minutes off, and they do the national anthem, come back out and do the introductions, and you go from there. It really should be ran that way all year, but I know different schools do it a little bit differently throughout the season, but then when it comes tournament time, uh, those requirements have to be met. So you're not allowed to warm up until 25 minutes prior to the start of your game. That's, that's the earliest you can come out and warm up. Bo, uh, they've changed the, some things in West Virginia. Used, used to be in the past in the sectionals, you'd still use local officials, but now even in the sectional, uh, you bring in officials from outside uh, the, your, your section area and uh, for, for obvious reasons. And Talk about the mindset when, for instance, you and your, your crew, that you go uh, work a, a sectional game, regional game, uh, far away, and you don't. You're not maybe familiar with the coaches and so forth. Uh, you know, talk about the the officials' mindset as uh, you enter that situation. That uh, even for you is a little uh, uncertain as far as uh, knowledge of people and places. Well, yeah. Sometimes that we have that. You know, Billy. As many years as I've been around, there's not a whole lot of places that I haven't been to. Uh, so most of the time I do know the environments a little bit. But uh, a lot of cases, uh, yes, you can get sent somewhere different. Uh, you know, we just, uh, as officials, uh, you know, I know individually myself, I'm going to go in and, and good, bad, or ugly, I'm going to call the same game uh, that I call no matter where else I'm at. Um, and uh, the sectionals, those are still decided by the coaches, but uh, what you sometimes see is the coaches get together and they decide that they want to have it assigned by Parkersburg, so they turn their section into Parkersburg and let them do the assigning. Uh, if the coaches can agree on some crews, then the coaches uh, can do that, contact the crews or the officials that they want, and then, you know, if they're available, they have a, you know, a packing order of, you know, the first three guys and then your next ones and just go on down the list. But, uh, you know, I, I just go into the game myself, uh, you know, I just, I'm going to treat it like any other game that I've had. And, uh, you know, whoever's playing and wherever I would be sent to, uh, you know, we just, uh, you know, it, it doesn't change my game. Um, you know, the game is still going to be however the players play, and, and that's the way it usually works out. Well, I know that um, officials within the um – are all signed in a different manner based on the board that they that they're uh, that they work for. But do you feel that officiating would be better, worse, or the same if you had crews that were dedicated crews? In other words, you all three people work the games together, work the same schedule. I know sometimes you have some crews that have two people that will always work together for whatever you know for whatever reason. Um, would that help hurt or, or do anything different? Because I know sometimes you, you work with a different crew every night. Well, I, I have about an 85% schedule that I work with the same two other guys uh, and have had that way uh, sometimes up to 95% for a long time. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the, the case with everyone. Uh, you know, some individuals go out and work, uh, you know, with different people every night. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like having a crew. I like, you know, 
uh, I think it makes things flow a little bit more smoothly. Although, you know, most of the other guys that I've worked with throughout the state already know, you know, I've done this so long. So, uh, you know, basically I can, you know, work with pretty much anybody out there. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, as a crew, when you go out and you've done it a lot, you know, things, you know, you know what your partners are going to do. Uh, just like playing basketball, you know, uh, your teammates know each other pretty well by the time it gets to this time of the year. And, uh, you, you know, you just have an idea about what your, your partners are going to do. And it, it helps, you know, it helps, uh, you know, usually. But uh, whether I'm with, uh, you know, my partners or with, you know, two other guys from some other area, um, you know, that doesn't change the way I call the game. It shouldn't change the way that they call the game. And, uh, you know, every individual official is obviously different. But, um, you know, I do like uh, working with my crew. But, uh, you know, I like to work with other guys once in a while, too, because uh, there's a lot of good guys out there that I enjoy being with and working with. Anything else for our resident referee? No, uh, Bo, I know you've covered this earlier in the year and uh, in the past. Uh, there's a process. I think it's the same as football. Uh, as we get into tournament play, regional games and state games are, are actually assigned by the state. I know there's a nomination process. There's a certain number of games that have to be done in uh, either the boys or the girls. If you could just briefly go over that. I know we've covered it before in the past. I don't think we have this year. But that way a lot of folks, when they go to games and they see the officials that are there, they've been rewarded for their work throughout the year, but there is a process that goes into that and the, the regional and state level. It's a little different. Uh, yes, uh, we, uh, you know, we have uh, a combination of things that gets us to be there. We have three classifications, a class three, a class two, and a class one. Class one being, uh, you know, the uh, most years experience. Uh, in order to reach that level, you have to have a certain amount of years. And uh, as an official, once you get that, they're going to look at class ones first. Uh, we have coaches' ratings that gets us points. We have test scores that gets us points. We have meetings uh, that gets us points. And uh, you know we have a, a lot of a lot of things that uh, adds up. And then the state, uh, the WBSSAC office, uh, they start uh, looking at uh, who is eligible. You have to nominate as an official. You have to send in a self-nomination. Uh, well, actually, now you do it on computer, but you self-nominate. And uh, when you do that, uh, you're listing that the games that you're working. Uh, that way, if somebody from the office wants to go and see you, maybe they haven't seen you and they want to take a look at you and think about giving you a tournament, they can do so. Uh, and then they go down that list and they start assigning the uh, regionals for girls and the girls' state and the regionals for the boys and the boys' state. And, uh, you know, they just... Um, Use their, uh, they have like a, a meeting amongst, uh, you know, all the head people in the office and uh, come together and get a determination of who's going to work and who's going to stay home. Bo, always a pleasure. Uh, Bill, any, anything else for Bo before we let him go? No, I, I, I just want to get in his good graces because uh, you know, we all you have, have to sit been, down now. You have been teed up, you have to sit down. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I will not leave. I will not leave the coaches' box, but I'll be a good boy. That, that, that's right, Malone. You're on a seat, Billy. You're on a seat. Line, hey, you got it, Texas. Well, 
I have to stay on set, though. I, uh, they won't let me off here. But uh, definitely appreciate Bo Anderson always taking time to talk with us. And, and when I say taking the time to talk with us, Bo takes a long time to talk with us because he gets a short time on the air and a long time on hold. When we come back, we will talk with Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y. He's the voice of the Princeton Tigers. We'll also talk with Adam Marco, WCHS Radio in Charleston. As Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Ray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at BasketballNight.com. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.20 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell with you. Rick Marone will be back with us in a moment. Right now, we go back to the phone lines and to Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y, voice of the Princeton Tigers. And Wes, since last we talked, Princeton on a three-game winning streak. Yeah, guys, Princeton uh, beating Westside Friday night. They beat Valley Fayette on Monday night and then got a win against uh, Shady Spring uh, by 16 points on Wednesday night. Princeton, while while the quality of the opponent not necessarily great at this point, uh, wins are wins this time of year, and, and obviously uh, you want to go into the postseason uh, with some with some momentum. And Princeton with a big game tomorrow night. Of course, no school in Mercer County today. Princeton their game with Bluefield gets moved to tomorrow evening at the Brush Fork Armory, and obviously a big game there 
Princeton a chance to get to 10 and 8 before the regular season ends, have a four game win streak, and uh, for people around here, what matters the most is you, you sweep the Bluefield Beavers. So Princeton with a big matchup tomorrow night. And, and guys, actually, I've done the uh, last two Princeton girls games here on Wednesday night against uh, Beckley in the sectional semifinal. And then tonight in the sectional regional or the uh, sectional final as well. Wes, we talked about it last week when you were on with us. Uh, uh, the lack of games had really been a hindrance to, to the Tigers. And I know we're really uh, frustrating to Coach Ernie Gilliard. But, man, there's got to be a smile on his face because now you're, you're caught up on some of these games. You get this three-game winning streak and momentum coming at the right time. Yeah, Bill, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I mean, like I said, quality of the opponent, not good, but Princeton's found found this weapon by the name of Bryson Murphy, a, a senior that had never played uh, or hadn't played organized basketball since he was in middle school. He's about a six-foot-five kid, very, very long, rangy, athletic kid, and he's starting to find his groove a little bit. He had, he had 17 in back-to-back games on Monday, or I'm sorry, on Friday and then on Monday, uh, I was hindered with some foul trouble against Shady Spring. They really didn't need him a whole lot against Shady Spring, but he's starting to find uh, his way around the court. I mean, I, I talked to Coach Gilliard about Bryson Murphy Monday before the Valley Fayette game, and he said, I wish I could have had this kid, you know, two or three years ago, but I'm lucky to have him this year. But, but you're right, Princeton absolutely beginning to find its legs. And over 500 as well, 9 and 8. And again, the total number of games down, weather been a factor, but. It'd be nice to finish with a winning season. You can do that with a win over Bluefield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A win, you know, a win over Bluefield does does guarantee you a winning season, regardless of what happens next Wednesday night at uh, at Spartan Gymnasium. Whenever Princeton will play their sectional their sectional semifinal, their yeah, their sectional semifinal against the, uh, the Spartans over there at Greenbrier East and Fairly. So, so Princeton, I, I mean, a lot riding. On tomorrow night's game, I mean, you don't want to put obviously so much pressure on, on the kids going into this into this last game. But I think this would be this would be a, a season that started out really well, that kind of came unraveled uh, towards the end of January, beginning of February. Really struggled to find a groove this year as far as playing on a consistent basis. So, so tomorrow, you're right, Ryan, is an absolutely huge game. And, and you talked about the girls as well for Princeton and the Tigerettes losing tonight to Greenbrier East by a score of 50-42 to 42 in the AAA Region 3 Section 2 Championship. But Princeton will be on the road to South Charleston uh, next week in a regional game. And uh, we talked with Kaylee Barker earlier tonight. She's our standout athlete of the week. And um, she said it was a game where they, they just couldn't quite catch up to Greenbrier East. It seemed like they were able to push it out and Princeton would get back close but couldn't jump, get over the hump tonight. But still, a very competitive game against the Greenbrier East squad that's considered one of the top in AAA. Yeah, I, I forget the exact word I used on air tonight to describe Princeton's, uh, to describe Princeton's uh, game at, at Greenbrier East, but they just had so much adversity to overcome in that game. I mean, they're giving up so much height to Greenbrier East to start the game. I mean, uh, Greenbrier East has... Two girls that go around six foot or, or, or taller than six foot, and Princeton's starting center Day Day East goes down 90 seconds into the game with a, a leg injury that looks really, really bad. I, I would I would highly doubt that she's going to play Tuesday night at South Charleston. They lose her just 90 seconds into the game, 
Daniel Hall, the point guard for Princeton, battles foul trouble all game. And, and then Kaylee Barker gets in foul trouble, and, and their six-man Brittany Long gets into foul trouble. And, and Princeton just had to just had to battle so much adversity tonight in that game. And I, I was so proud of the way they played because they had a lead about halfway through the third quarter, and then Lexi Tincher for for the Spartans just got absolutely uh, heated up from three, and that really kind of did Princeton in. But Princeton fought back; they got it within. Uh, six late and then Kaylee had had a really good look from three uh, along the baseline that would have got it to uh, five points after Easton converted a basket would have got it to five 47-42 uh, I think with like a minute or so like a minute and a half left to go and, and the three was halfway down and out on her so I mean that I mean that was really a killer for Princeton uh, I'm, I'm kind of dead in with her missing that three but Princeton really really fought tonight and I'm interested to see what they do at, at uh, South Charleston on Tuesday. I mean, obviously, South Charleston probably better than Greenbrier East or, or, or certainly right there with the Spartans. So Princeton's got their work cut out for them, but it's just such a gritty bunch, guys. I mean, they, they fight. They, they, they don't care that they're undersized. They don't care if they don't have the athletes that maybe a Greenbrier East or South Charleston does, but they just fight, and that's, that's so fun to see at this level. Well, sometimes you can be more. Uh, I, I tweeted this about a different situation, but I think it fits here. Sometimes you can be as proud of the effort, or more proud of the effort than the result, and uh, uh, that speaks a lot more to character. And I think it sounds like the Princeton Tigerettes have a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, like they they don't give up on, on things. I mean, even whenever they were, uh, I mean, I mean, they just, I mean, there's no other way to put. It. They just they just kept fighting, and I know during the time that whenever Princeton was down. 10 or 11, Coach Charlie Angel just, I mean, I, I took my headset off and just listened to his conversation on the bench, and he said, girls, we, we, we got one more run, and don't, don't, don't give up on them. We got one more run. They're down 11, and they get it to six. I mean, maybe that doesn't qualify as a run like you think it would, but, but they never quit on him tonight, and I, and I think that's huge going forward, win or lose, on, on Tuesday night because there's only three seniors on this team, so a lot coming back for Princeton regardless uh, of what happens Tuesday night, but but that senior leadership was so big for them tonight. Daniel Hall foul trouble first half, she scores 11. Kaylee Barker hits a couple of big threes to keep them hanging around in that game. Um, their their three, I guess you would call her Adriana Mitchum, uh, close to a double double and, and very undersized against Greenbrier East. Uh, she had 11 and eight, and and she only runs about five foot five, and she's in there fighting amongst the trees of the Lady Spartans all night. So, so I mean, these three seniors have poured their, their guts into this Princeton program. And, and like you said, it's so great to see. And I think moving forward, I think the, the character of those three will, will rub off on this Princeton program. Wes McKinney, the voice of the Princeton Tigers, thank you so much for joining us. And always a pleasure to get to talk with uh, Wes. Hopefully we can talk to him again next week as well. Let's go right back to the phones. Adam Marco, WCHS Radio in Charleston, voice of the Charleston Catholic Irish. And Adam, tonight the Irish ran into a buzzsaw on the boys' side with Notre Dame. It was actually a 10-6 game at the end of the first quarter, but Notre Dame Outscored Charleston Catholic 22 to four in the second quarter. Just put that game away even before halftime. And Notre Dame is an amazing team. You know, Charleston Catholic finishes the regular season at 10 and 11. Three of those losses: St. Joe's, Wheeling Central Catholic, Notre Dame. Three more of those losses were playing up either against Polka, Chapmanville, or Riverside, accounting for 60 percent of their losses this year. 
Notre Dame is a very gifted team that I think is going to contend with the likes of Wheeling Central and, you know, the other top teams across the state. Notre Dame has athleticism that you don't see, I think, at that Class A level. And it's not just Jared West. They're an athletic team, one through eight on that roster, maybe one through ten that really get in. The second half was really just waiting for the time to expire. But Notre Dame, as advertised, was outstanding to watch. And it came without Jared West scoring 25 points. He was down just in barely into double figures. Nobody really dominated this game. It was just a team effort by Notre Dame to retire the Irish tonight. Well, Charleston Catholic wrapping up the regular season with that game now 11 and 10 on the season but you mentioned the difficulty in schedule and postseason wise in a sectional that includes Huntington St. Joe which is another very good class A ball club there are, when you look at the class A landscape as a whole uh, I think Williamstown kind of gets overlooked a little bit but you've got Willing Central Magnolia you have Fayetteville 16 and 2 on the boys side Van is 18 and 3 Notre Dame 16 and 3 Tug Valley 16 and 3 um, you get my point. It's going to be a very interesting next, really, two weeks to figure out who's going to the state tournament. You know, the Irish made it in last year by knocking off Gilmer County on the road in that regional. You know, after losing to Huntington St. Joe's in the sectional, and, you know, just how that played out, it got them in as the eighth seed. They took Wheeling. Central Catholic to overtime before Wheeling Central moves on. There is no shortage in Class A basketball of star power. And, you know, we've seen it over the years at all the levels. And I, I saw Poco last Friday. They're stacked once again. But I think this could be one of the best Class A tournaments that we see at the Charleston Civic Center that's been played there in a long time. You know, last year, the top teams, top eight, didn't all make it. You know, a bunch of them were knocked out. For example, you know, Gilmer County, vanquished by Charleston Catholic, to get them in as the eighth seed. You know, it's going to be, if those top eight seeds get in, even, you know, if it's down to ninth and tenth best teams in the state, there's really not that much of a drop-off from what I've seen. You mentioned Fayetteville. There's two more of Charleston Catholic's losses. It's a very difficult schedule that, you know, their signature win was beating Tucker County a few weeks back, and they really took it to Tucker County, but that was on the home floor at the Charleston Catholic Athletic Complex, giving them the advantage there. That was their best game of the year, hands down, against a very good opponent, but against a team like Notre Dame that can press you from the opening whistle, a team like Wheeling Central Catholic with Price, and Burkhalter, and of course Chase Harler with the athleticism and the shooting ability of that team. You know, each team has its own strength that we've come across so far, and it will make for some great matchups in a couple of weeks in Charleston. Should be a lot of fun. Adam Marco, WCHS Radio, voice of the Charleston Catholic Irish. Always a pleasure to get to talk with you. And uh, yeah, baseball is getting getting here too, right? Oh, it is most definitely getting here. I got to get through this basketball season. We've got. First round action next Thursday night, hopefully then Saturday, maybe a little week after that. Get to watch some, and unfortunately, I look at my calendar every day, and the days just keep ticking away. I think we're down to 47 (laughs) days until the opener, you know, give or take a day. Yeah, Adam, always a pleasure, though. 
Gentlemen, have a good evening. You too. Adam Marco, WCHS Radio in Charleston, also the voice of the uh, West Virginia Power. That's where yeah, that baseball. For those who, those who don't understand what you're talking about. Right, yeah, no, that's where that came <laughs> in. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, Kendall Millay. She's a junior at Fayetteville. Scored 1,000 points tonight. We'll have her on the program when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert 53, J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424, Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs at Guard Girl 76, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We Send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone james collier and ryan epling it's 11 36 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone bill cornwell with you happy to have you along on the program into our final half hour of the show. We'll get you a full scoreboard update in our uh, next segment right now, though. We've got Kendall Malay. She's a junior at Fayetteville High School, and Fayetteville, the Lady Pirates, getting a win tonight. Um, a ball club that is 17 and 4 now on the season, and uh, she joins us now on the program. And Kendall, congratulations on your 1,000th point. Thank you. Tell me about the uh, the uh, the bucket that put you over the top. What happened? What was the setup? Uh, did you know that was your one thousandth point before the uh, the shot went up? Um, I knew it was my thousandth point because last week at Charleston Catholic, I needed a twenty three, and I ended up with twenty one. So we had a, made an arrangement to um, start the game off with my thousandth point just to get it out of the way and get the nerves out and just be able to play the game. 
and doing that in a sectional game with uh, Greenbrier West tonight and again you turn around and play again tomorrow in the sectional championship game but um, any nerves come with the postseason? Um, just a little bit because we know it's go time we have to push ourselves even harder because we know what we're capable of and that's what we want to achieve Obviously, the goal is always getting to Charleston to the uh, state tournament. And uh, your ball club right now, as I mentioned, at 17-4 and four, and then uh, playing in the sectional final tomorrow night against Richwood. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, looking forward to that ball game and uh, getting an opportunity to play uh, in a sectional championship and a chance to cut down the nets. Um, they're always a scrappy bunch. We playing during regular season twice. It's been it's always a close matchup with them. Um, we just always try to push ourselves even harder because we know that they're gonna come out with fire too. They want it just as bad as we do. So it's a it's a good matchup between us and we've all played together for a while so we all know each other. You beat Richwood by 10 back on December 11th at home, 57-47. Beat Richwood on the road on January the 11th, 51-48. So it's been a month and a half since you've played the Lady Jacks. And um, obviously that's also an important game, not just for a sectional championship, but an opportunity to host a regional game for your ball club as well. Um, We always try to have a regional home game because it's, better for us our crowd is there they pump us up our cheerleaders get to cheer so it's always good to have a home game because you get to you get to be the home team and that's pretty much all you want is playing on your home court well kendall you go over the 1000 point mark tonight as a junior congratulations on that and we wish you and the lady pirates the best of luck tomorrow and beyond as the postseason goes forward thank you all right that's kendall malay junior at fayetteville Maybe a little bit tired tonight, too. Uh, that game's earlier tonight. They had the 5.30 game. Um, then Richwood winning the nightcap and setting up that game for tomorrow. So sectional final tomorrow. Back-to-back nights, you, you have experience with that. Yeah, well. quick turnaround. That's something you don't normally see. Sometimes it's a weather issue. It could be scheduling, which was what we ran into. But uh, I tell you what, it really tests you. And as you mentioned, uh, Kendall and her teammates going to be trying to, to get a sectional championship uh, of course, the other half of that section, uh, uh, I think, already uh, resolved. I think Greater Beckley, Christian's girls, got to win there. But uh, you definitely won't be playing at home. And, and Ryan Fayetteville, uh, you know, that Region 3 uh, over the years, I, I think Region 3's kind of been, uh, uh, I don't want to say overlooked, but uh, it, it just seems like the last few years the team coming out of that uh, region or the teams uh, have kind of ended up some tough matchups when they get to Charleston. But 17-4, and four, a great year uh, for the Lady Pirates. And, uh, I'll tell you what, getting your 1,000 points in your junior year is impressive. Yeah. And, and doing so in a tournament game, too. Just a yeah. Little, that, that can be awkward because <laughs> yeah. you, the tournament game is a little bit more structured. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, and in a sectional semifinal, even in a game in which, you know, you're playing a team that you've beaten handily twice through the course of the season or at least once through the course of the season, uh, you can't afford a bad night. 
No, I'll tell you what, it's a, it, it's a situation where both teams will advance, but uh, there's a big difference in uh, being able to host a game in Fayetteville and uh, having to go on the road. Uh, and as you mentioned, that's another one of those sections that's somewhat spread out. I mean, it's not like what we were talking about earlier in Logan County, but the, uh, I guarantee the Lady Pirates are going to come out with some fire, but a back-to-back is a tough. A charm cold yeah. to Richwood, or a charm <laughs> cold to Richwood to, to Fayetteville. But, you know, we've talked to coaches all year about back-to-backs because throughout the season there's a lot of Friday-Saturday things and uh, uh, coaches almost have always agreed that having those back-to-backs is a good test because you're going to face that. Some teams are going to face that down in Charleston. I mean, some teams can be going three nights in a row depending on how well they do in Charleston, so you better get used to it and why not get used to it early and now they're going to face it tomorrow night Mm -hmm. in in a championship situation. All right, now we're going to step aside, take our final break. When we come back, we'll get you a full scoreboard, the final one of the night. We'll also have our poll question results, and it will be cause time. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFG 8 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101 1.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.44 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we're getting set to close up shop. Let's get you a final scoreboard update of the night. And um, 
Bill, you've put in the yeoman's work tonight, so I'll do the girls' scores. We'll have Coach Marone do the boys' scores okay. so, this time around. All right, looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Girls postseason action tonight. Fayetteville defeats Greenbrier West 70-34. Richwood beats Midland Trail 40-35. That sets up a Class A Region 3 Section 2 championship game tomorrow night at 7 at Oak Hill High School, Richwood, and Fayetteville. Class A. Gilmer County in Region 4, Section 1, beats Williamstown 64-57. Gilmer County will take on the loser of tomorrow night's Huntington-St. Joe-Charleston Catholic game and will host that game. Williamstown will take on the winner of that game on the road. Also tonight in Class A, Greater Beckley Christian beats Van 50-36. That means Greater Beckley Christian will play the loser of the Richwood-Fayetteville game at home. Van will go to the winner of tomorrow's Richwood-Fayetteville game. Class AA, Region 1, Section 1, Fairmont Senior defeats North Marion 76-49. It was Ritchie County in Region 1, Section 2, beating Roan County 34-33. Regional matchup is Roan County at Fairmont Senior. North Marion at Ritchie County. Double A Region 4, Section 1, Sissonville beats Polka 65-25. Indians will play host to Wayne next Thursday night. Polka will travel to Tulsa in regional play. Double A Region 2, Section 2, it was Lincoln defeating Grafton tonight, 59-34. Lincoln will have a home game. Grafton will be on the road next week. Class AAA scores from tonight. Region 1, Section 1, Parkersburg South beats Parkersburg, 78-52. It was St. Albans in Region 4, Section 1, defeating Winfield, 54-41. Huntington beats Spring Valley, 91-64 in Region 4, Section 2. So Huntington will play host to Winfield. Spring Valley will travel to St. Albans. In AAA Region 2, Section 1, Martinsburg beats Jefferson 69-53. So the Bulldogs will be at home for the regional game. Jefferson will be on the road. And in Region 3, Section 1, South Charleston beats Greenbrier West. Excuse me, that's George Washington. South Charleston beats GW. That's not Greenbrier (laughs) West, that's George Washington. 48-30. It was Greenbrier East defeating Princeton 50-42. So Princeton travels to South Charleston. George Washington travels to Greenbrier East in the regional round. Coach Marone has the boys' scores. Let's take a look at the boys' scores tonight on the basketballnight.com scoreboard. I'm waiting for the bell to go off. All scores are in and are final. We do have one boys' score in postseason play. It was played at Wyoming East and the final Liberty Raleigh 57, Summers County's Bobcats 44. Their season ends tonight uh, at uh, Wyoming East. Tonight, also in Class A, it was these are all regular season scores. Magnolia 76 to 38 over Madonna. Petersburg. This was our final score. We've got it. Petersburg falls to Pendleton County 77 to 56. The Wildcats with the win in that one. Also in Class A, Charleston Catholic falls to Clarksburg Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish from Clarksburg 59. Charleston Catholic Irish 26. Winfield gets a 58-39 win over Buffalo. Ravenswood falls to Ripley, 60-51 in favor of the Vikings. Also tonight in Class AA, Herbert Hoover falls to Chapmanville. Chapmanville, 58-36 winners over Hoover. Uh, In AAA, Wheeling Park, 66-61 over Brook. 
Grafton falls to R.C. Bird. R.C. Bird 58, Grafton 46. University 68, Lewis County 55 in Class AAA. And Woodrow Wilson uh, 20 and 2, really rolling late in the season. The Flying Eagles 59 to 41 winners over the Logan Wildcats. And also, uh, Ryan, that's actually a wrap of our boys' scoreboard tonight here on BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. That means every score of every game played tonight. That's not a technical. Tonight. No, that's Because me and Bill can't one. take another one. No, no, you guys are already in uh, plenty of hot water We're there. in Chateau Bow Wow. I've, I've already been ejected and I've been suspended for a week as well. So I'll still be here next week. Hey, Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. I'm just going to just keep moving right along. You're going to have to appear before the commissioner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I have to appeal my suspension, but I'll be eligible during the appeals process. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, joins us now. I feel good. We always feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. Rick, welcome I love to the, the music program. every week. Hey, you got the guys in the back see that as a personal challenge and uh and they 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 come through every week absolutely all right rick that's all we needed (laughs) okay hey hey, nice chatting guys you guys have a great weekend uh we'll talk to you next week (laughs) Uh, rick martinsburg's girls win over jefferson tonight and um so they are going to have a, a home game in the regional and um, that's not necessarily a surprise as the, uh, the Martinsburg girls seem to be the, the, the strength of the panhandle, of the eastern panhandle on the girls' side. Yeah, every year, uh, got to go back to, I think, the uh, <clears throat> early 90s the, uh, before somebody else, girls-wise, uh, came out of the panhandle. Um and the thing is, though, and I, I can even go back longer till we can actually find a team that succeeded somewhat on the state level from the Eastern Panhandle. 1986, when it was the last time any Eastern Panhandle team played in a state championship game. That was back when they were playing girls basketball in the fall. Berkeley Springs and uh, and Shady Spring, double-A state championship game, 86. That's the last time. Otherwise, girls basketball hasn't had a whole lot of success, success from the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, you know, can it change... I, I think it might be a little rough this season. Again, I mean, Martinsburg has played uh, Morgantown and has had a couple games, I'm sorry, one game, and didn't have very much success. But at the same time, it's a very young club. They're starting uh, a freshman and I think three sophomores. And one of the sophomores really stood out tonight, 28 points, double-double uh, rebound, and I think she had like five blocks as well, CeCe Hurtalendi. And she really hurt Jefferson, which was basically playing with a team of uh, players that were about as tall as four foot two. Okay, that's a little hyperbole there, but Jefferson was going, was going, 
was going with an extremely small lineup. Uh, they, they do have a a, uh, a player, Kenzie Crispin, who's about six two, I believe. Uh, but she's battling some kind of leg injury, and they keep suiting her up, letting her kind of warm up just hoping that she might be able to play, but she hasn't played at all this week, and you know, uh, they're hoping that, you know, maybe, and it might just be a smoke screen, you know, that they, they, they dress her every every game, but, uh, you know, she would certainly, she's a very talented young lady, and certainly would help Jefferson's you know, production inside, both offensively and defensively. Because, like I said, they're basically playing, you know, for the most part, uh, a five-guard lineup, and these guards aren't very big. Well, There's again a win tonight for Martinsburg on the girls' side, and then on the boys' side, Martinsburg's boys are 18 and four, Hedgesville 17 and four, Musselman 16 and four. And uh, a lot of those fours for Hedgesville and Musselman are losses to Martinsburg. But um, still, uh, it's going to be an interesting postseason there as well because while there is a, there seems to be a little bit of a spread between Martinsburg and the others, um, there are two spots up for grabs, and any given night, anything can happen. Well, uh, Musselman is a perfect example of that. Last year, they went in as an underdog. Uh, beat Jefferson in the sectional tournament. Section Jefferson had beaten him twice during the regular season, and everybody expected Jefferson and Martinsburg to be the two teams moving on, or at least moving out of the section. Then Musman went into the regional play against Hampshire, an experienced Hampshire ball club that people expected to win, and Musman was the team that you know survived, advanced, went to Charleston, and. You know, high hopes for this season, and you know, they had a little bit of a lull. Um, you know, but you know, I, I think if, if all things hold, we'll see Hedgesville and Musman for you know third time this season next Wednesday, and they split during the regular season. And I think Martinsburg's route to Friday night should should be fairly comfortable. They're playing very well right now, and. You know, I, I was kind of doing the research tonight, and their closest game with any of the sectional teams was three points, the one against Musselman first time. They came back and beat Musselman by 29 the next time they played. Uh, you know, so I, I would be surprised to, to see any upsets, but I'm really looking forward to that Wednesday night game between Hedgesville and Musselman. I think that one you know, is going to probably, probably be the most competitive game of the tournament. Well, Musselman picked up a 17-point win over Hedgesville and Musselman one week ago tonight. So, um, And as yeah. you mentioned, that's, they split those games. Rick, always a pleasure, and look forward to doing it again next week. Okay, guys, stay out of snowdrifts. That's the plan. <laughs> that's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, always a, a friend of the program and uh, someone we always appreciate taking time out to talk with us. And we go to – okay – so, I was getting ready to go to Marcus with the poll question, and I'm told Marcus isn't back there. We may be able to look at this week's poll where, question. Where did Marcus go? That would be the <laughs> Is question. Is that like, where's Waldo? Well, where's, where's Marcus? <laughs> oh, where, oh, where has uh, Marcus gone? Because he literally was just in here talking with us like four minutes ago, <laughs> and now he's gone. But, um, let's see. 
we'll go ahead and get the results from last week's poll. We had 116 votes on uh, your thoughts of the Tim Tebow bill. You know what, though? We'll, we'll turn Marcus loose with that. We found him. Marcus, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and talk about this week's basketballnight.com web poll question. And correct me if I'm wrong on the wording here, Ryan, but what do you think about no sectional tournament, so to say, but just play within your region, see who wins the region? You know, one through eight, play within your region, top two go to states. Do you like that or don't you? We'll have that up on the website on basketballnight.com here shortly. Right now, we'll go back to last week's web poll. What are your thoughts on the Tim Tebow bill, which would allow homeschooled students to play sports at WVSSAC schools? 116 voters, 58% of people oppose the bill, 42% support the bill. Go vote on this week's web poll question at basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus, and and we'll we'll work out the wording on that poll for this week as well because it's a, it's a complicated question. <laughs> uh, trust me, and we tried to come up with it in a, about a minute span there earlier, which is uh, difficult to do. But uh, Coach Marone, first again, congratulations on on your sectional championship victory. Your thoughts though uh, on play that you've seen this week from the girls' side and getting set to the boys. Well, I think uh, you know on the girls' side, I think it's going to be a great postseason, uh, starting with regional play and Kaz really set the table there and boys. Uh, there's so many regional uh, storylines playing out. Of course, Hank and Hyde, two-time defending champion, AAA. you got to put your money on them as things go down the stretch. Bill, thanks for joining us on short notice. A yeah. big thanks to everyone. I'm Ryan Epling saying once again, good night from everyone involved with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Back with you next week, 9 to midnight. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.